Hey, what's up, y'all? It's your boy Joe back on the pod. We're doing this, baby. Uh, I got uh, I got something to say. It's no longer been a minute. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's uh, I just found out recently that uh, I wouldn't say recently. I've known for a minute. That there was a podcast called It's Been a Minute by NPR, but I thought I started mine first when I checked their archives. And when I went back again recently, somebody told me, and I was like, man, I'm the one that started it. And then I checked online, and I was like, when did they start theirs? It said 2017. And I was like, oh, shit. And I checked mine, and it was like 2020. And I was like, oh, shit. I'm a dumbass. <laughs> I am an idiot, and uh, well, I don't have anything to say, but I, I could, you know, I was talking to somebody about this, I was like, why don't I just, why don't you just keep the name and wait until you get a cease and desist letter, you know, <laughs> it's just like, just wait until they tell you to stop, and I was just like, man, I could do that, and I could be like, you know, my podcast is so big, they're trying to stop me, <laughs> <laughs> stupid no but uh i don't know i don't know I, I just this this whole name change is like it's been killing me for the past couple of weeks i was like what do i call it do i call it the chill bro podcast because i already have a chill bro comedy show why don't you just market it together you know it's good branding but then i was just like this is my baby this is my podcast like i've been i don't know if people know this but i've been podcasting for like four years Ever since I started comedy, I started podcasting. Like, it's been another side of the business for me. I don't know. Well, with creativity. Because, like, what was it? It was High Cabrones. That was the first ever podcast I did with my friend Brian. And then uh, I helped out. I helped Bob Morrissey create his podcast. I I did one with Antonio Aguilar and Will Loden. It was called Los Lonely Boys. Yeah, like it's I I I've been podcasting for a minute, and I've always had the idea of starting my own podcast, you know, and I just I was always so scared. Like the reason why I started this a year ago, uh, almost two years ago, like is because I was scared. Because I was just like I just didn't believe in myself. I was just like nobody wants to hear a podcast with Joe. Who cares about Joe? You talking about Joe? <laughs> you talking about playoffs? <laughs> you talking about Joe? But like, yeah, it is. I don't know. I didn't have the confidence most of it. Now that I have this, I was like, oh, I got a great name. I got a great podcast. Oh, this is amazing. And then it's just like, uh, your name's not original. And I'm like, fuck. I thought it was. It was original to me. <sighs> and now, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to call it. But uh, my next guest is somebody that I really like a lot. Me and this person, this this great dude, we started together. Started comedy together four years ago. And uh, I think I met him either at the Improv or at Boondocks for the first time. And this guy has, has been working hard. This guy's getting better a lot. He's, he's, he's funny. And uh, he's one of those dudes. He's like me. He's like... He's, He's a hard worker. He really cares about the craft. He wants to do whatever he can to make it, you know. 
And I appreciate that. And he's also an interesting dude, and he's got some crazy stories. But you're, you're going to hear it. You're going to hear it right now. You're going to hear all those crazy stories, all the things that are going to happen, uh, his life. It's gonna, Yeah, you're going to like it. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with the name. Like, it's just it's just a weird thing. I, I'm still thinking about it. I'm still mulling it over. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'll figure it out. Maybe not. Hmm. It's some profoundly chill. Let's start the show. <laughs> All right. You want to trade headsets? No. There we go. Yeah. You heard it click. It clicked, baby. You ever seen the movie Click? Yeah, long ass time ago. <laughs> it's a good movie. Uh, I think I remember like the premise of it, but I can't. If you ask me any details, it's like it's one of those movies. Like if you ask me any details. Okay, so Adam Sandler goes to like Bed Bath and Beyond, and he goes to the Beyond section, and then he's trying to find a remote control because his stopped working. So the guy behind the counter, I think it was uh, Christopher Walken. He's like, "Well, I'll give you a remote." But it's going to be this one. And it's a special remote. And he's like, all right, I don't give a okay, I'll just buy it. Fuck it. Whatever. So he goes, he buys it. And he starts, like, rewinding things. And he's sitting on a couch. And then, like, he's seeing life rewind itself right in front of him. Ah, shit. And yeah, yeah. It's, like I said, I, I saw it. but Also, he farts in David Hasselhoff's food and slaps him. Mm-hmm. That, that's really funny. But it was also, like, a weird thing because, like... <clears throat> You could, it was more of a serious role for him. It was more of a serious role because this is the first time you ever saw him do something like that, where he's in the bed uh, in the hospital and he's almost dying and he's realizing how like, oh my God, I've wasted so much life or so much time of my life. I I, I didn't do the things that I want to do. I should have been with my family the whole time instead of working and this, this and that, you know, I I cried. I'm not gonna lie. I cried at the end of uh, a click. I think we all have that thing that, well, once you, you're like, what, you're 29 right now, right? Yeah, I'm about to be 30 in like three months, four yeah. months. Uh, that happened to me. It's, it's fucked up. It's kind of like the reason why I start, kind of started stand up <clears throat> is I had one of those, I'm 30 something and what the fuck am I doing with my life kind of moments. What, what do you mean? What do you mean? What the fuck am I doing with my life? Like, what, what, what was going on in your life at that moment? Before so, okay. So at 28, I had a heart attack and that fucked me up pretty, pretty well. What the fuck? A heart attack? Really? Yeah. yeah I had a heart okay. Attack. How does it feel to have a heart attack? It, it hurts. <laughs> it hurts a lot. Does it feel like this pain, like your chest is restricting? So at first it wasn't that at first. So what happened was uh, I was chilling on my couch in Austin, Texas. And all of a sudden, I'm like, felt like I just ran a mile. Mm-hmm. So I'm just sweating. I'm sweating bullets. I'm breathing really hard. And all of a sudden, I'm like, why is this happening? And then I just started getting nauseous. And then uh, I lost dexterity in my fingers, and my fingers kind of cramped up like that. And like I'm like I'm doing that thing that Italians do on my hands. And so they just cramped up. And I'm like, oh. 
This is about. It's probably something not bad. It's like, on what what arm? On both of them. Both of them. So yeah. So both of my I lost dexterity in both of my fingers. And then uh, I thought I thought it was gonna pass. You know, I thought oh this is gonna pass. It's like it's probably like something, but like. Twenty minutes started going and it got started getting worse because then my legs started to hurt. Like they started to cramp up and then I, it's just uh, like I need to call the cops or call the ambulance. So I called the ambulance and I and they came in and they're like, "Oh, you're just having a panic attack." And they they calmed me down a little bit and it kind of got a little bit better, but then uh, they put the little heart thingies on me, and the dude was like. Uh, yeah, we're going to have to come with us to the hospital. Uh, something doesn't look right. And I'm like, oh, can this wait? Because I was poor. I didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Six months earlier, I had a motorcycle accident that I had to get surgery for. And uh, he was like, no, sir. Uh, we we kind of, when we see this kind of thing, we kind of want you to come with us. And they're like, oh, no. Nah. Then they were like, come on, man. Don't be like that. <laughs> Come on, man. Let me go. <laughs> come on, man. It wasn't that bad. No, they were like, come on, oh, man. They were like, were. come on, man. Don't be like that. Come on. Come on. I was, I was, and they were like, all right, fine. Let me, let me get my shit. And so I got my car keys and everything. And they were like, oh. It was, like, oh. To be fair, from what we know now, it was a good idea. Yeah, it was a good idea. So they were and so they were like, they didn't tell me it was a heart attack. They didn't tell me. They just said, your heart's doing something weird. We want to get it checked out. Uh-huh. They never said heart attack. They never said the word heart attack. They said, like, and while they were calling on the radio, they said myocardial infarction. So I didn't know what the fuck that was. It was basically heart attack. But that's basically the fancy word for heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, infarction? I'm not, I'm not even gassy. <laughs> Can I cuss on you? Uh, yeah, you yeah, right. yeah. So... They, they, I was gonna well, walk just, to just them. To be fair, this is also a family podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, so I was prepared to like walk to to the ambulance and get in the back of the ambulance, but they were like, "No, we don't want you to walk." And they brought out the thing and they're like, "Sit on here and uh-huh. lay down." I'm like, "Really?" They're like, "Yeah, yeah, don't worry, it's procedure." That was the whole thing. The whole time it was procedure. Don't worry, it's procedure. So, so what were you thinking during this whole time? I was like, I was thinking it was like, I was thinking like it was nothing bullshit. I thought it was like, oh, probably I probably shouldn't have drank that tequila and Gatorade this morning. You think that was it? (laughs) 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 Because that morning I uh, I had a lot, a little bit of tequila left and a a bottle of Gatorade. I was like, uh huh. And I'm like, I'm just gonna spice this Gatorade up. (laughs) And I thought. So you like you like spicy Gatorade? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's you ever you ever tried that Gatorade with limon? Yeah, yeah. Everybody hates it, but I fucking love it. I don't know why. It's not that bad. It's like, not that bad. That uh, that uh, lime and uh, lime and uh, cucumber Gatorade. It's not that bad. I mean, it's not like my first choice. No, but, but it's, yeah. it's pretty good. No, so uh, they gave me in the back. And they're like, look, he, look, we're gonna put, some, give you these pills. You're gonna chew them up, and you're gonna stick it under your tongue. <laughs> they just Flintstone vitamins. <laughs> no, they were they tasted like orange. They were, they were like they'll taste like orange. And I'm like, what are they? I was like, don't worry about it. It's procedure. 
It's <laughs> so scary. It's it's a weird feeling when you're in the hospital. It's like just do this. Why? It's procedure. Just it, do it. It's procedure. Don't worry. We have to do it. I'm like, all right, fine. And so this whole time I'm like thinking like it's a minor inconvenience to me. It's like oh I'm inconveniencing these guys. But, but then well, you're thinking like, you're inconveniencing yeah. them, even though they're the ones that want you to be there. Yeah. So wow. And then they were like, all right, lift up your tongue, and we're going to spray this on your tongue. And I'm like, what is it? Don't worry about it. It's procedure. <laughs> I don't think they doctors do. They're going to be like, we need you to snort this. What is it? Don't worry. It's oh, procedure. no, we need you to turn around and open up your butt cheeks. Why? It's procedure. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Problems in my heart, man. No, don't worry. We got to check yeah, this we, out. Yeah, it's procedure. It's procedure. It's procedure. <laughs> So they sprayed the thing, and then they're like, "All right, we're looking at your monitor thing, and you're and you're reacting to the medication." So that tells us as they're we're gonna have to take you to the hospital. I'm like, "Ah, shit!" The so, one. so there was specific medication to show that you so, were having a heart attack. So or you had ba- a heart attack. So basically, what they what I came to find out was that the pills that they gave me were aspirin. Uh huh. Were a- orange flavored aspirin, and the spray was nitroglycerin. For heart. Oh. So. So it really was procedure after all. Yeah. So <laughs> they, they never said heart attack. Like I told you, they never said heart attack. No, because once they say that, you're going to go like, oh, my God, I got yeah. a heart attack. Like you start I didn't. So stuff. they drive me to the hospital. And, uh-huh. then, and then I did not. It wasn't until I got to the hospital and they were prepping me to go into the cath lab that they were like, you do know you're having a heart attack right now, right? And like, oh, shit. Fuck. Were you were you scared when they said that? I was like scared a little bit, but then I was uh-huh. like, oh, well, this might be the end. Shit. <laughs> you were like, this is it. I'm done. I'm, I'm out. I'm no, out. No, so, this, so I was like, this might be the end. Shit. So I went, I uh, looked up, I was laying down, and I was laying down on the thing. I looked up and there was this really cute nurse. I was like, oh, might as well go out one way. And, like, and I looked at the nurse. I was like, hey, girl, you single? She was like. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no lie. No lie. She was like, nah. I was like, ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. The guy who just had a heart attack who might die if he has sex again. <laughs> it's like, no, he's hot. He's definitely. Yeah. But, yeah. So they gave, gave me to the cath lab. They, and, and so this is what the last thing I remember. I'm getting naked and they're taking all this shit off my wrist and uh-huh. taking my bracelets my earrings uh-huh. I'm taking it all off and then and I'm laying down on, on this table thing with this big old camera at the top which is like a fancy x-ray thing uh-huh. and uh, and then I'm like I told the lady they haven't put anything on me. They they basically just had the IV on me, and I looked at the and the nurse. I was like, "Was am I supposed to be sleepy?" And she was like, "No." And I'm like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> and and then I was like, "Hey, you know what, guys? Fuck this shit. I'm out." And I passed out. But <laughs> <laughs> and then apparently, uh, according to like the doctors, I was I was my heart stopped for like five minutes. Yeah, so uh, I pat and so during the time that I passed out, they the nurses said that my heart stopped for like five minutes, uh-huh. so I was like technically dead for like five minutes, 
And I think at did, that did, did you feel anything? Like when, no, or, no, no, did, no. Were you gone? I, you were just out? I, it felt like I was asleep. Uh-huh. But I think at one point in time, like I saw my grandpa. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, this is weird. <sighs> And how then, long? How long has your grandpa been dead for? Uh, at this time, he's been dead for ten years. Shit. So you see him? What are you thinking? I was like, oh shit, <laughs> I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Something's fucked up. Or is, but here's the thing: it's kind of like a dream because it's kind of like you remember some stuff, but you don't remember the whole thing. Yeah. But then, and then I wake up, and then, and I'm like, oh shit, I feel better. Uh, like okay, we're gonna take off the balloon now because they blew up the artery with the balloon to and increase then, blood flow. Yeah, to increase blood flow, and then uh, <laughs> they took out the balloon, and uh, and then all of a sudden it started hurting again. Everything started hurting again. I'm like, oh shit, that hurts! And she's like, yeah, they, they, we're gonna have to put a stent in there. So they put the stent, and uh, and if and it all felt, felt good now. It's like okay, cool. How, how did it feel? Before the stint was in, it is. It's like to me, it felt like every nerve in my body was hurting, like everything was hurting. Like I just got hit by a bat, like in every part of my body. Really, you just was like every, boom, 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 yeah. all over your body. Yeah. Dang. So uh, then recovery came and. They pulled me up. I called my mom. This was like December 7th of 27, 12, 14, 12, 13, 14. It was was December. I think it was December 7th, 2017. Dang. Or, yeah. No, not 2013. 2013. 2017 would have been way too late. 2013, December 7th, 2013. So, uh, that year. So, yeah, December 7th, 2013. Yeah. Fuck. So, what was going on at that time in your life to get to, for you to get to that point to have a heart attack? Uh, I was not taking care of myself at all. Like, what were you doing? Were you just partying a lot, drinking a lot? Nah, uh, was drinking, it wasn't a lot, but it was not, it was not like a healthy amount. I think the, the, what got me was like, I was drinking those monster energy drinks every day. Bruh. Sometimes two a day. Why? <laughs> Cause I didn't like coffee. And I needed caffeine, but that shit's like twelve cup, like three. Each monster is like three cup, cu- cups of co- coffee at once. Yeah, also like six cups of sugar too. Yeah. I was smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. Yeah, I was eating McDonald's almost every day. What the fuck? So, what's your favorite uh, thing on the McDonald's menu? Um, it, it changes. By the way, this is not, this show is not sponsored by McDonald's, but no. we would love for it to be. <laughs> McDonald's, reach out to me. The times that I have to get McDonald's, and this, this is like I have to, like because I have no time to get something else or anything else. Uh, I get myself a Big Mac and a uh, hot and spicy with Mac sauce. A Big Mac and a hot and spicy with Mac sauce. Yeah. Have you ever had a McGangbang? No. Okay, so a McGangbang is basically a McDouble and a hot and spicy, and you open up the McDouble and you put the hot and spicy in the middle 
and eat the whole thing. Oh, damn, man. I've had those before. Oh, They're pretty good. Yeah. It, uh, there's, I don't know, like, McDonald's started, like, getting all them, like, urban legends and, like, putting them on their menu. Urban legends? What do you mean? Those hidden menu items, like the gangbang. Bang, bang, okay, so I'm pretty sure if you go to a McDonald's, uh, it, well, in the, the, I'll say this, in the hood. If you go to one in the hood, I don't know one in, like, River Oaks or Manchos or whatever, but... If you just go, hey, yo, can I get them a gangbang? They will know exactly what you're yeah. talking about. So McDonald's has been getting like those weird uh, menu hacks and they're putting them on their advertising them. Like the one where you get a uh, a uh, quarter pounder with some McNuggets and you put the McNuggets in the quarter pounder. Oh, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> or like the land fish in air where you get a, a fish fillet. A chick- to be fair, it's it's smart marketing. It, yeah. It's very smart because you're not doing any other work. You're just taking something that's popular and just putting yeah. it on the menu. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks. The land fish and the land sea and air. Ugh. Like two, there are things that don't need to mix and beef and fish do not need to be mixed like that. Beef and fish? What you, what you mean? <clears throat> like it's 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 weird because McDonald's beef and their fish surf has and weird... turf baby surf and turf yeah but that's surfing that's a ribeye and lobster this is like processed beef and processed ch- fish like you don't like the yeah I know what you mean yeah there's different pro- flavor profiles yeah I mean I always like to get like. Uh... I go to HEB and I get the meal simples and then I get one with steak and like potatoes and green beans. And then mm-hmm. I also get like fry, uh, some shrimp, some mm-hmm. coconut shrimp. And I just love eating that together. Uh, one, of, one of my favorite worst things that I like to eat is I like to go to like Walmart or HEB or anything and get like one of those tubs of macaroni salad. Are those good? I've never had those. Oh, like the, it's the processed macaroni, right? Like, that crap <laughs> yeah and get the get the get the, the and i did this during covid i got the uh, tub of macaroni then i went to the uh aisle where they sell the uh hamburger helpers and i got the cheeseburger one and i got and i got all this shit to make the cheeseburger one so i made that and ate the tub of macaroni at the same time <sighs> I was like, I can't, and I can't do that again. It was, it was a rough night. It was a rough night. How did you not have a second heart attack? After it was that? a rough night. I can tell you that it was. That will fuck up your stomach. Yeah, I bet, man. I was like, I don't do that. I would never think of doing that. What made you, what made you want to do that? It was COVID time. <laughs> it's procedure, okay? It's, it's procedure. It's procedure during COVID. <laughs> You've been in the house for three three weeks straight. You're going crazy. You've been so in the-, the house three weeks straight. You just want to commit suicide. He's like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to fucking do it. <laughs> Hamburger helper and processed macaroni. <laughs> <laughs> There's better ways to do that, ever. <laughs> you can just get a gun, you know that, right? <laughs> I didn't have two hundred dollars. I had fifty bucks in my pocket. <laughs> uh, I feel like if Hamburger Helper listens to this, they're gonna be pissed. <laughs> oh man, it was it was a rough night, man. It was, I didn't. Uh, that was funny. Yeah, that's wild. That's a wild ass time, man. And how oh, deep they're on COVID, man. Uh, so, like, like, what have you always been big? Yeah, I've always been. Yeah, I think since the ages of like eight or nine, I've been 
pretty chunky. Like, do you identify as like a heavy man? Yeah, I'm, dude. I'm almost four hundred pounds. I'm a heavy man. See, I'm big, but I don't identify as a heavy guy. I think in my mind, I think I'm skinnier than what I really am. No, I'm, I'm no, I'm fat. I'm recognized. No, I know I'm fat. I, I'm not delusional. I know I'm fat, but like, I don't want to accept it because once I accept it, I've, I've accepted it before and it was bad. I was like over 250, 260. No, no, accepting, Ooh. accepting that you're fat that has nothing to do with the like giving up, giving up. Yeah. Just recognizing that you're fat. I know I'm fat. And two, and recently I started, you know, changing my eating habits as much as I can. So like at home, I only eat one plate of one plate of, of food, you know. Well, what's on the plate? Yeah. So basically it's like depends like rice or rice and beans and some meat or whatever my mom makes that day. I only eat like one plate at the time. Well, um, what kind of food does your mom make? Mexican like, food. Oh, hell yeah. That's the best. Yeah. That's probably why you're fat. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, but you only eat one plate. Like, instead of, like, going for, like, seconds, seconds. You, yeah. you only eat one. And then if I really like it and I really want to eat it again, I pack it up for lunch and eat it, like, if I for lunch the next day or breakfast. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Or, or if I'm over here in, in the office, instead of going to, like, you know, McDonald's or Sonic or Burger King, I'll go is I'll go get like a salad from H E B or or you know what? You know who has really good salads? Wendy's. Yeah, Wendy's a, is a, man, this is just, this whole podcast is gonna be like, well go to Raisin King. It's like that's kinda like it's just, Fuck Raisin Raisin no, King. I, 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 I hate okay, so I used to like Raisin Canes a lot. Uh but that was when I was younger and then uh, now that I'm getting older, it's so unseasoned. Like the yeah. only reason you go is for the sauce and the fries. Yeah, the chicken is like not yeah. good. I don't, I don't know what the, their toast is. Pretty good. Too. The toast is good too. I like the toast. Uh, Kosa, meh, it's all right. Yeah. But I, I, I would rather go to Popeyes. I would rather go to churches. There's this place called I don't know if you heard it. Chicken Plus. It's in the north side. Mm. Bro, it's legit. Nah, dude. If I'm getting chicken, I'm going to somewhere where they serve chicken asals. Ooh, chicken as out, yeah. Yeah. Because it's not fried, it's grilled. And you don't, you don't get, you get a side, but depending on where you go, you get a side of beans, a side of rice, uh, tortillas, a, uh, a chile torreado, which is a, a chile, uh, uh, grilled uh, jalapeno. Grilled jalapeno. Yeah. And uh, like four or five tortillas. You know? You got a whole meal right there. You get a whole meal. I like I like Mexican like I grew up Mexican. My dad was a taquero mm-hmm. when I was growing up. He he owned his own restaurant and stuff like that. So I I kind of know a little bit about Mexican food. And I it's to the point where like whenever I go to a taco truck or a taco stand, I judge the fuck out of them. Oh, it's me too. <laughs> like like oh, one of the worst things I ever like. There's a place called Black Burlitos or Bur- over on the on the west yeah the west side by the Beltway. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh. If you're going to be like one of those places that says that we we make burritos and tacos, the only and don't make your own tortillas. That's the most important thing. Yeah. You got to be able to make your own. The, the, OK, the tortilla makes the taco. Yeah. If you don't make your own tortillas, if you get like that store bought shit that tastes like plastic. Oh, I'm going to judge you. Yeah. I don't I will never <clears throat> eat from that place again. 
They 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 shit tastes tastes like fucking plastic. But the only place that gets a pass is Taco Bell. What, okay, what what do you think makes it taste like plastic? Is it the masa? It's so you you ever had those tortillas from like the store that are coming in a plastic fresh. bag? I've had the fresh ones. The plastic bag, which ones? Uh, the ones at H E B or something? Yeah, and yeah. not the ones at H E B has their own th- tortilla idea. But the other brand, the other brand. Yeah, I've had those. Yeah. The, and then you taste them, and they, they just taste like plastic or something like that. A little bit, yeah. That's 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 store bought. Like H E B with their tortilla, even though they're in plastic bags, they don't taste like plastic. They taste like pretty fucking homemade. Okay, are you uh, maize or harina guy? For those who don't know Spanish, are you a flour or corn guy? Uh, depends on what I'm eating on it. If it's um, tripas or um, biscada. It's maize. If it's barbacoa or fajitas or something like that, it's flour. All right, that's pretty good. I, I, I'm a I'm a corn guy all the way through. I just love maize. I, I, flour is cool, but from from growing up, my dad was always like, "Oh, no, solo los güeritos comen harina, tacos de harina." No, so if you here's a here's a little life hack. For a lot of people, um, go to like a place like like uh, the like La Michoacana, La Michoacana meat market, and get and there's always like at a and like on the side where like the they serve the food because there is like a like, little mini restaurant there. Yeah, but there's like an ice cooler there. Yeah, you open it up and there's a packets of tortillas. They're fresh. They're so fresh. Yeah, like you if you went to Mexico and ate like. Fries from the tortilleria tortillas and these, they're almost similar. So uh, I used to live off of uh, Bel Air and uh, Harwin. I was close to Bel Air and Harwin. Mm-hmm. And like further down the street from there, it's on Bel Air. There's a tortilleria. Mm-hmm. And dude, those are the best tortillas I've ever had. Yeah, fuck. so goddamn once fresh. You, once you had one of those, you, you can't you, go back. You can't go back. Man. That's it. Like, yeah. Every time I think of the the. Menudo caldo I was eating like with the tortillas. Oh man, my dad used to also buy like a pound of like barbacoa, uh-huh. like uh, carneseria or some or someplace like that, Michacana, and he would just get the tortillas as well, and we would just make tacos with it. Yeah, man, shit. <clears throat> and that's the other thing I judge Mex- uh, Mexican food places on that barbacoa. Very important. It's very important. Yeah, it's crazy. Have you ever had birria? I had it for the first time, uh, actually yesterday. What? Yeah. Have you never had it before? None. Like, it, it's not popular in like the part of Mexico where I'm from. Where are you from? I'm from Chihuahua. Chihuahua. Okay. Where is that your where mom? Your mom's from too? Yeah, my my mom, my dad are from Chihuahua. Okay. Me and my sister are from Chihuahua, and my nephews. How old were you when you crossed over here? So I was around five or six years old, and. And we, the way we crossed over is kind of weird because nobody, nobody believes me when I tell them how I crossed over. How'd you cross over? So, um, what happened was the day that we were, the day that we crossed over, it was, they woke us up really morning and we packed all our shit and then we went to Juarez, which is a, which is the town right across from El Paso. Uh, so we got my dad dropped us off on the side of the river mm-hmm. and then he drove off to, cause he had to 
drive off to do some weird shit. I don't know why he didn't stick with us, but I think at the time he was a resident already. Uh-huh. So he dropped us off, and then we went to the down to the river, and then there was all these, like, inner tubes. Like the like floating inner tubes. Uh huh. What what year was this? Like nineteen ninety one, ninety two, somewhere around there. Okay, it was easier to cross. Yeah. Over back then. Oh, yeah. it was. Oh, this was back then when the border patrol wasn't as rabid as it is now. Yeah, they're crazy. You know, so we get to the thing, and the guy was like, "Okay, uh, it's gonna be so much for you, all three of y'all. It's me, my sister, and me, and my mom." And so she was like, we're going to cross the kids first and then the lady. And she, my mom was like, fuck no. You either take all three of us at the same time or you don't take none of us. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Like, you don't know what the hell could happen to your yeah. kids. Yeah, that, that was her reason. She was like, you, they, cross, they cross the kids over and then I'll never see them again. So... Man, what would have happened if you, like, they took you? <laughs> <laughs> it was before I got big, so they could have still done it. <laughs> yeah. Is that, is that the joke that yeah. you make? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so basically, my mom uh, mom had me on her, on her, right here, on her arms. On her arms. My, my yeah. sister on, right on her shoulder. Legs. Yeah. My sister on, on her legs. And then so you're just cr- holding on to her leg? My, my sister was, no, my sister was sitting down here on her legs. Uh-huh. And my mom was sitting on the inner tube. Okay. And then they just ferried us over in the inner tube onto the other side of the river. And then when we got out, we went to KFC and we took a sh- basically like a sink shower. Oh, your first official place to go in the u.s was kfc yeah <laughs> but back then it was kentucky fried chicken so we it's, still, it's still kentucky fried chicken yeah, but it said kentucky on the sign it didn't say just oh not it's the whole thing yeah, it yeah. Said the, instead of just kfc yeah. yeah so we went to the kfc we took like sink showers got our nice sunday best clothes on and then we took a taxi to the airport to get on a flight and then this was back then when Border Patrol like wasn't as rabid. So Border Patrol was just on the side of the gate. Watching, watching y'all. <laughs> watching people get on. <laughs> <laughs> and then every once in a while, if they saw somebody that didn't like, they say, hey, they point at them and say, show me your papers. But since me and my sister were in American school in Mexico, uh-huh. we already spoke English. So we, me and my sister were speaking English to each other while we were boarding the plane. <laughs> so the border, border patrol, looks border at patrol like, didn't give a fuck. So they, nah. they like we just passed through and we just got on the plane. And the, then the border patrol was like, "All right, those are some good browns right there." <laughs> <laughs> they they speak in English already. <laughs> they learned a the language already. Okay, we don't got to teach them anything. <laughs> we, nah, man. So. So we got on the plane. We flew from Houston to uh, from El Paso to Houston, and we got picked up. And then the rest is history. We ended up in Freeport and, and Freeport. Damn. Yeah, and I still live there. Really, damn. So going through that experience, like how would how did you feel during the time? Were you just like, oh, I'm just going to a new place? Oh uh, yeah. So basically, when you're like five or six years old, you haven't kind of don't have a. Uh, concept of countries yet yeah we thought we were just gonna go live with my dad which was true we we're gonna go live with my dad because but you we going through these experiences you're just like oh i guess this is just what you do to yeah. go see your dad yeah 
<laughs> like I didn't know I didn't know I didn't understand that part of undocumented until I was later in life like until I was like around 10 or 11 are you a citizen now yeah I'm a citizen now okay so I got my citizenship when I was 21 nice you could drink and be a citizen. I could drink and vote <laughs> That's funny. So, yeah, and it was it was weird because when you're five or six years old, you have no, you don't have that mentality that like you're going to a different country. You know, my sister probably already understood, but I didn't. My sister's five years older than me, so we 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 had not we didn't have that under that thinking of your life is changing in a like this significant of a way. It's just thinking like. This is just something else that's happening in my yeah. life. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy because, like, my parents, my dad crossed over here and he went to McAllen. Mm-hmm. And that's where my most of his family lives right now is in McAllen because it's a border. It's a border uh, town. Mm-hmm. And back in the day, it was there was nothing there. There was not that many stores, not, not that many. It was just a lot of residential houses, like trailer parks and mm-hmm. stuff like that. A lot of trailers. And then when I went back there recently, like a year ago, it's developed a lot. Like, they got so many different, like, they got an HEB on every goddamn corner. Yeah. That tripped me out. Have you seen Reynosa? I haven't been, no, I haven't been in a while. It's the same thing. It's like, they, the border towns are getting big. Which is kind of like, it's a continuation of what was happening, like, in the, in the 80s. It's like, in the 80s, before, like... Like the border was like basically like a turnstile. Like people were basically living in the border on Mexico, going to work in the U.S. and, and then it, at the day, end of the day crossing back. back. Yeah, but then people, I'm not going to say who, but and president starts with an R and rhymes with Megan. Uh, Megan Trainer. Yeah, God, goddamn president, yeah, that bitch, <laughs> President Megan Trainer, <laughs> uh, decided to like shut all that down. So people are like, "Oh shit! If he shuts that down, we're not going to be able to work anymore." So what happened is when they shut it down, the Mexicans were like, "We're just going to stay on this side now and not go back." And yeah, that's, that's when people started griping about like undocumented immigrants. Cause, yeah, because they stayed. Because <laughs> they stayed and worked the fields. Yeah, but they, it's also like, how are you going to let people cross over and then have them not think that? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what, what happens. Is like people were short-sighted because the idea was that all these people were like crossing over and committing crimes. They're like, really? They were just crossing over and helping you pick your goddamn crops. Yeah. No, it's it's uh, uh okay. Granted, some of them were committing crimes. We can't say oh, all of them, yeah, but yeah. for the most part, they were they were helping out. You know, fields. They were like working in offices, cleaning, yeah. and stuff like that. Like they were helping. Yeah. And just because something happened, now you got to give this propaganda. It's like, oh, they're all rapists and thieves. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck? That's a, that's been the that's been the the same for 30 years yeah like they think trump is new thing with trump it's like no, nah, it's, no. there's always been Dude, that racism go, like before trump i was hearing the same shit trump was saying in the backwoods of brazoria well, county that's that's the whole thing that's why like there's people out there in little pockets of the u.s that think like that 
No, it's like I've heard it all. Like when people are like, "Ain't you gonna believe Trump is saying this shit?" Like I've been hearing this shit for years. Oh, he's a good old boy. That's my man right there. That's that's the guy. He he says everything I'm thinking. It's yeah. like what the fuck? Oh, it's fucked up. Whenever you're dating a, a white girl, because uh-huh. uh, I was dating this white chick in high school, and her dad would say shit like that. But then he turned around and said, oh, but not you ever. You're one of the good ones. <laughs> Are you one of the Mexicans I hear about? <laughs> yeah, they were like, oh, you're a Mexican? I'm like, yeah. And then that, that, that's how they were introducing me to the whole family while I was dating this chick. They were, they were like, hey, this is ever. He's a bona fide Mexican. If you need some good tortillas, <laughs> he knows where to get you some. <laughs> he knows how to make tortillas. I'm like, <laughs> From scratch. <laughs> It was like, and people were like, "Are you really Mexican?" Like, like, yeah, I am. Like, what do you want me to do to like prove it to you? Like, do you want me to like fix your fucking drywall or something? Like, that mean? would be hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Are you Mexican? Here's a bucket. Here's paint. Go to work. <laughs> I got all that drywall right there. There's your mud. There's your tape. Now get to it. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Like in the future. Like, uh, they say that in the future, all the races are going to be blended and stuff yeah. like that. But I feel like there's still going to be, like, bits and pieces of people being Mexican internally. So they'll have, like, tests or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> just... Oh, you got the beaner in you. <laughs> <laughs> you got the beaner. You got the beaner in <laughs> I can you tell. Well, he's five yeah. years old and he put it together IKEA furniture. All by himself. <laughs> all by oh, shit. <laughs> That's a beaner right there. He's he's got the beaner in him. Oh my god, that's so funny. Be like fuck ncd.com. I mean, here, what do you know? What this uh, what this tool's for? Oh yeah, that's to that's to hang drywall. And oh yeah, yeah, he's he's got the beaner in him. He yeah, and he's only three, and he knows that. <laughs> <laughs> how do you how do you put in a sink? Oh, you gotta you gotta run the p trap. Oh, he knows what a p trap is. Oh yeah, yeah, he's good. He's he's a beaner. Yeah. He's got the beaner in him. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a, I mean, we're making fun of that, but it's it's a real thing. Like, I naturally can fix things. I naturally know. I'm yeah. good with my hands, and I know how to put things together and stuff like that. But that's also because my dad taught me. Yeah. My dad was a hardworking Mexican, and he would just build, like, he would build his, uh, rebuild cars and stuff like that, putting, like, uh, different th- parts and all that, and he would show me. I was a lazy kid. I didn't really, like, really pay attention that much, but I did get some of it. So I, I try to do that myself. Fix ho- fix the stuff in my house. Do these things. But when I was living when I was living by myself, I never I rarely called maintenance to fix shit because I would fix it myself. Like the only time I called maintenance once is because my garbage disposal fucked up uh-huh. and I couldn't take it out. So I called maintenance to fix it. And then, but it? I but I watched them do it. Oh, so you could do it next time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hispanics, we love watching people. Yeah. We, we love watching people. We love watching them do this shit. Like, because yeah. we don't we because ah. we don't want to pay for it again. Yeah, you're like, oh, I see is. I see como es. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so that's how you put down tile. Oh, okay. Ah, yeah, okay. that's how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> you're taking those. <laughs> <laughs> Because we don't want to pay for the time. I'm, I'm fucking cheap as fuck, man. I don't want to pay for it. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to pay for like if I can fucking go find like some some parts myself for like half the price. I will gladly do that. Fuck it. Yeah. And the thing that hates that I hate now is that cars are kind of like too low to the ground or too compact, so you can't fit. Even if you wanted to do yourself, you can't fit in there. You don't like low riders. 
No, like my car. I can't fit under my car anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. You, you, I, okay, so I'm pretty sure that car manufacturers do that on purpose so that we can't work on the cars ourselves yeah. or as easy. Because like, they got uh, computer chips. They got computer chips. They got all these parts, all these different things that we don't know about. Yeah. And that you need a certified technician to be able to fix it. Yeah, like I want to change my own goddamn oil, but I don't fit under my car. That's why you need a, a 2000, 2005 and under. I yeah. think you still work on those. Yeah, you can. I could, and with my Tahoe, I could, still, I could still change the oil on my Tahoe. Tahoe, yeah. On my 2003 Tahoe, but on my on my car right now, I can't. That's I the can't, future, man. I can't. And like, I have to take it somewhere. And then, well, just go to the dealership and start watching people. <laughs> that's the thing. They they got smart. They don't let you in the in the shop anymore. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> they got. They, you try to go watch it. Like, yeah, you can't be here, sir. No, you're not, you're not, it's procedure. You can't it's be. A, here. It's procedure. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, man, shit, it's it's fucked up. But yeah, it's that's how it is now. It's, and the thing is, is that now that I'm looking for a place to live, it's like, like I told the, the age that's helping me. It's like, I look, I don't care if it needs work. I can do the work, you know. I can, I can fix stuff. Like a fixer upper. Like a fixer upper. The yeah. only thing that I care about is that if the plumbing's good and the electrical's good. If the plumbing and the electrical is good, then I'm good to go. But if the plumbing and electrical is bad, then that's something that I have to like do myself like and that's extra time because a lot of these houses here in Houston are are concrete floors they're not pnb pier and b which is like they're off the ground and on blocks and yeah. they have wooden floors under it yeah so you can crawl under the house all these houses here in Houston are concrete floors so if i have to go fuck up fuck with the plumbing i have to get like a concrete saw dig it all up redo it put down concrete and then get it inspected i mean it's crazy that 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 we have that because of because of the floods like they've gotten so much worse in a year in freeport all the houses are on blocks yeah and and like the closer you get to the beach they're higher they're up from the ground and the beat like right next to the beach the houses are like 10 feet off the ground on on stakes in the heights i've seen some houses like that on blocks and stuff yeah but that's just like these areas flood a lot you yeah. know and it's like it's, it's crazy it's crazy man but uh i wanted to ask how long have you been doing comedy four years four years we started around the same time i think we started around the same month I, um, January 2018. Yeah, same here. Okay, cool. Yeah, January was, 9th, 2018. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, technically it was December 2017, but I, I, I count it from the month that I actually started going out to mics and yeah. stuff like that. But it, we, we went by the time that we actually popped our comedy cherry, and for me it would have been 2009. 2009? Uh, mine would be 2017. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, 2016, December 2016, if we popped our cherry, yeah. Yeah. That's mm. crazy. No, for me, it was weird because, in, like, the the very first time I did it, it was, say, like, 2009, it was at the, uh, I think you heard people talk about the last stop on on Wall. It was a comedy club that used to exist on Wall. And um, 
my very first time I did a set, I did a set there and then uh, I tried to keep it a secret. Didn't want to tell anybody. And then my friends call me up and say, Hey man, uh, you doing stand up? And I'm like, how'd you know? turns out that there was a group there recording everybody on at wall and they recorded me and they put me on a website called rooftop comedy and they recorded everybody and they put it up without telling us nothing fuck so did you bomb that's it i bombed <laughs> i bombed <laughs> I ate that dick <laughs> like it's nothing. Oh. And now everybody on the internet gets and, to see it. And everybody on the internet, it's not there anymore, but. It was. It was for a while. I think it was there for like a good four or five years. God damn. I mean, that's a credit. <laughs> Technically. Yeah, but I was like, uh, because I didn't know, like, how'd y'all find it? Like, yeah, dude, Google. You're on the internet. I was like, fuck. It was like, they told me the website and I went on there. And then there I was fucking eating a dick on stage for three minutes at the last stop. Bro, you should have downloaded that video. I should have. That would be crazy. Like, looking then to now to see how much you progress and stuff like that. Yeah, but then, but then I stopped. And then life happened. Well, then, what happened? Uh, well, what happened is... Uh, the degree I was going for at school only had classes at night, so Dang. I couldn't I couldn't go do the open mics and go to school. So I graduated and then I got a job in Austin, and I thought Austin didn't have any comedy because I thought Houston, like in my mind, I thought only Houston was <laughs> the Comedy Central of Texas. <laughs> They're like, what the fuck am I gonna do in Austin? There's nobody here. There's only comedy in Houston. There's there's only there's only music here in 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 Austin. There's they have like, a they have a pretty good music scene. Yeah, they do. Yeah, it's crazy. And then uh, so I was like, fuck. And then I moved. I spent five years in in Austin. Had the heart attack. Then after the heart attack, I was like, I was pretty bummed out. And then. Uh, my apartment in Houston said that they weren't going to renew my lease. So I was like, fuck, what the fuck am I going to do now? So my mom was like, come back, move back in with me in Freeport. Your, your, your job can transfer you to Houston. So I did got my job transferred me here in Houston. And then uh, it was like right after Chester Bennington died. R.I.P. Lincoln yeah. Park. And um, I really, and then I looked at him. He was like only like forty something years old. I was like, oh shit. Well, he committed suicide. Yeah, but still, he he died. I was like, this is a dude that did everything in his life, and still decided to take his life at forty something years yeah, old. Yeah, he had so many things. He had so many family and friends. Yeah. Had a lot of money. Yeah, he was famous. He was famous, and I'm thirty something, and I'm thirty two. Yeah, but that's mental illness, though. And I was, yeah, it's like now looking back at it, like, oh shit. But mental illness was like the reason I started doing stand up, because I was like, I had a panic attack and then I had a nervous breakdown that December, and I was like, shit, what the fuck am I gonna do? I'm thirty something years old. I have no wife, no kids. I live with my mom. I live paycheck to paycheck. I have basically nothing going for me. And then, and then I was like, "Fuck it! What is, what is something you always wanted to do in your life?" And I was like, "I always wanted to do stand up." 
I'm like, all right, you got time now. You go, you don't have to. You don't have to go to school anymore. You have time. Go do stand up after work. You go. You're already in Houston. You're already going to Houston during the day. Why don't you do stand up at night and then just go home later? Yeah. So. So you did that. Yeah. Went to the my first mic at the Improv. And I think the I think I met you there. They're like either that week or like a couple of weeks later. I don't know what day you started. That probably was. I think we met at the Improv. I miss. I miss the mic. I miss the mic. Oh, at the yeah, improv. I miss the Improv. That was it. Like I've heard other people talk about it and stuff like that. Because like that's where I first saw Richard Pryor's son. <laughs> <laughs> so I heard. Weird. I heard he wasn't good. He wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> and you think you think you, you if think, it's Richard Pryor's son, he would be hilarious, you, but. I, you know whose kid I think is probably going to be hilarious? Who's? Uh, there's a dude named Chad Daniels. He's uh-huh. very good comedy. His kids, his kids are probably going to be hilarious. Really? Yeah. Do you think funny translate like genetically? Like transfers? No, no, it doesn't. You have to, you have to kind of like get it yourself. You have to build it up yourself. You have to have a reason to become funny. So it's nurture, not no nature. Yeah, it's nurture, it's nurture not, not nature. Nurture, not nature. You have to have a reason to become funny. Like <clears throat> most most comedians become funny because they're damaged individuals or looking for attention. Or I mean, yeah, I mean, for the most part, what I've seen is like most people have had something happen in their lives to yeah. them or around them, and they find it hard to uh, express themselves, or also yeah. they haven't been able to get that attention uh love adoration Mm -hmm. stuff like that so it's just like it's it's a weird it's a weird thing that we what we do because because we're around weird people there we're around some really weird people all the time and then not also thinking like you're around drugs you're around alcohol all the time too so things get worse yeah which is weird because i i consider myself like one of the few comics here in Houston. I'm pretty sure there's like a couple others that does, does that does not do drugs. Uh Dan Hornstein. Dan Hornstein? Yeah. He's clean. Yeah. He's, he's sober. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I'm not I don't do hard drugs anymore. The only yeah. thing I do is smoke weed. That's yeah. It. I don't even smoke weed. That's that's all you it. do is drink, right? I, all I do is have like two beer two or three beers and that's it. It's it's hard. It's hard to do that sometimes. It is, especially after you had a bo- shit ass set in front of a booker. Ooh, you don't usually you want to drink yourself to death at that time. All the time, yeah. I mean, do you like the pressure and like the attention and all that when you're on stage? Uh, to me, it's like a whole package. It's like the thing, like hanging out before the mic, hanging out a little bit after the mic. Getting to talk to people, being social, you know, it's part of it, right? Yeah, it's part of it. I didn't, I didn't know that. I thought when I first started comedy, I was like, oh, I'll just go on stage and tell jokes, and then there's this, oh, I gotta talk to these people. No, well, that, that's the thing is like, for me, it was uh, before I started doing comedy. My daily routine was wake up, go to work, go home, play video games, go to bed, and that was it. And that was the whole thing, everything I was doing. I mean, you just described my life back in 2010, 2012. Yeah. Just wake up, and the problem is is that it's good for a little bit, but then it gets to you. 
It gets stale. It gets stale. Yeah. You have to. We we're, humans are social creatures. We have to talk to people. You know, we have to at least. Okay. Yeah. Yes. For the most so, part. Somewhat. Yes. We, we we can be we can be. Uh, well, that's why we have the internet now. You don't have to go out and talk to somebody, but you can still talk to somebody. Yeah, but eventually you need that face-to-face kind of thing, which is why the whole COVID lockdown got to a lot of people because... Most people were extroverts and they just wanted... They needed to go out and talk to people. Even introverts have to eventually... Some people, like, some people killed themselves through COVID, which is crazy. Yeah. Even introverts every once in a while have to, like... Like, I consider myself an introvert. Me too. Because I can... I can sit in the room by myself for hours on end, but eventually you have to step out and talk to somebody. If not, you're going to start getting like a little bit. (laughs) Like you're stuck in your place and you go outside, you see the mailman. Hey, how's it going? I'm all right. How are you? All right. That's enough. (laughs) (laughs) I got got my fill for the day. (laughs) How's it going, homie? (laughs) But because if you don't do it, your mind starts to get a little bit all kind of fucked up. And then because your mind starts getting all these really weird intrusive thoughts like. Like what? What were your intrusive? My thoughts, thoughts were like, like I like when I was doing that all that stuff. I was like becoming a really bad. How do I put this? Men's rights activist. What the fuck? Were you becoming a proud boy? I was. I was almost becoming a proud boy. <laughs> what were you searching online? Man? Oh, it was fucked up shit. I was like, oh man. I was like, man, this Jordan Peterson guy really is awesome. <laughs> You know what? He's got some good takes. <laughs> he has a good takes. Man, Ben Shapiro's really killing it. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, Milo Yarmanopoulos is really speaking the truth here. Oh, my God. And then I was like, uh, and then I realized, I was like, oh, that's just me. My mind's just working without the filter of, like, social interactions. Because if you go, like, and say some of this shit outside to a person, they will fucking look at you weird and they'll tell you like what the fuck is wrong with you oh my god that's that's crazy yeah like i like I, which is why i love facebook memories because it like it helps me go through every day and like scroll down and like find all those toxic <laughs> posts i'm like oh shit that ain't gonna fly no more you see that video I'm, of the guys like the frogs are turning gay wow this guy really has a good point <laughs> <laughs> man alex jones is killing it <laughs> he's a verbal genius he's a verbal genius yeah <laughs> And and, and and every once in a while, I still hear like hear myself like say that, say some of that stuff, and like on stage, like like I write a joke and it's like, oh man, that joke was really misogynist. Yeah, and it's like, ah, I kind of have to write that, rewrite that. Well, like I was talking to Nathaniel Amador on the podcast, we were talking about misogyny. He was like, yeah, that's a part of. He said it's a part of his life because he grew up like that. Mm-hmm. So. But he also understands the woman perspective, and because he uh, tells his jokes to his wife, like she basically like says yes or no to certain jokes. It's like, oh, that's too mean. Oh, that doesn't make sense and stuff like that. Like, I think you need somebody to bounce it off of. You. So here's what you remember: Truman Bradley, right? Yeah. So here's what Truman Bradley told me: Say a joke. Men will laugh at almost anything. But tell a joke. If you really want to know if it work, if it's working really good, look at the women. Are they laughing at it? Or are they looking at you bad? 
Yeah, that's a very good point because I feel like for the most part, whenever I tell jokes on stage, well, I used to, not not that much anymore, but women would never laugh. Yeah, that's that's what you want to get to laugh because if you can make a woman laugh at your joke, then you're pretty much good to go. Which is why I stopped saying, uh, telling the joke about my that domestic violence joke that I used to have because I could never make it funny. I mean, like, that's a really good point. I think Antonio was the one that told me that. It was like, you, you want to make the women laugh because if the women come to the show, the men are going to follow them. Yeah. Yeah. They, they're the ones that bring in the dudes. Yeah, they're the ones that are doing it. They're the ones saying, hey, baby, let's go see Joe Navarro tonight. <laughs> really, honey? Like, yeah, he's just, he's very funny, and all my girlfriends yeah. like hearing him. He's not funny, but, like, he's sexy. <laughs> <laughs> We're comics. Nobody says he's sexy on us. <laughs> well, what do you think about that? What do you think about comics that, that are fit, that look good, doing comedy? Good for them, I guess, but they're not doing comedy because they're fit. There, there's something going on. There's always going to be something going on with them, they, because they may be fit, but something didn't go right in their head. Yeah, yeah. something's not right. Yeah, something's not right, and something they have like some something that's gone wrong in, in their head or in their life. Okay, me. so I'm doing therapy right now. Mm-hmm. I'm in therapy. I've been. It's been helping me out a lot. It's uh, my relationships with people are so much better now. And I'm getting to the point right now in my mind where I'm like, if I get better, will I want to stop doing comedy? No, because the thing is, is that people say like, comedy is a therapy. Comedy is not therapy. It's not. No, it's not. I hate when people say that shit. It's like if you want, yeah, it's not. It's not even a closer placement to it. Like not at all. It's like like, it's like putting a band aid on a slit throat. That's a good analogy. Yeah. It's, it's, That's it's, basically what that is. It's, it's you're not, not fixing anything. You're not fixing anything. You, you therapy is the surgery. Comedy is like the the ibuprofen you take to kind of dole out the pain a bit. For the most part, yeah. I feel the, uh, I talked to somebody else. I think it was like uh, another another person on the pod. I think it was Jamie. But like you're basically saying, like this isn't therapy. Like we're entertaining people. Yeah, we're entertaining for, people. Well, for the most part, we're, we're we're using our insecurities to entertain people. Exactly. It's not. It's like, oh my, my mom died, and this and that happens. Mm-hmm. Like nobody cares. Nobody we're gives saying, a shit. We're saying we're saying to go. My mom died. For example, my mom died. Not not my mom, but let's say a in the joke. To, yeah, in the joke. My joke. mom died, but we're saying it in a funny way, where we're expressing a grief, but we're making people laugh about it. You yeah, it's like the re- if I would tell a personal story on stage, I would only do it if I've truly gotten over it because of the fact that it's not yeah. therapy and I'm not trying to get something out with these people. Yeah. Like I'm trying to work on the art form. I'm trying to make yeah. it funny. We're working on the art form and we're just using something to happen in our lives as a as part of a, an act. Yeah, but that's also it, it tells something about us for sure. Yeah, too. It tells something about us because we want people to like us. Well, what do you think about, like, this this new wave of, like, personal comedy, you know? Like, you just get so deep and in, in you talk about your life and how you actually feel. Because it's, it's a new thing. Yeah. If, it, if it's working and it's making people laugh, then fuck it. Who cares? But do you like the, the old 80s comedy, which is set up punch and all that? Or? My, my rule is, is it making people laugh? And is it, is it entertaining people? 
Is it is it entertaining somebody? Is it making somebody laugh? Then fuck it. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, you're right. If it's if it's funny, as long as it's yeah. funny. Yeah. yeah. If you want to go out there and talk about you know your you know your transition from female to male, your transition journey, and you make it funny as hell, fuck it. Who cares? Yeah. If you do thirty minutes on it, who cares? As it's, long as it's, it's funny. It, if it's funny and it's hilarious, fuck it. Who and it's cares? original. And it's original. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's the biggest thing, man. But I don't know. I just I, I've been doing comedy for four years, and I've been so I've seen so many people, so many different types of comedians, so many people come and go and stuff like that. It's like I'm kind of getting to the point where I'm tired of going to open mics and watching people. Because it's the same thing. Even if it's different jokes, even if it's different setups, different punchlines, it still feels like the same thing. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Until we get to the point where we're getting consistently booked at clubs and other other places, like consistently, uh-huh. we won't, we're going to have to keep doing the open mics. No, what I'm saying is I hate watching them because... And we're going to have to watch them. They're doing... It's the same types of... The same structure. I can see it. I can one, see the same one. structure. Da-da-da-da. Da-da-da-da. And, and all these newer comics... It, it's, it the, seems like us because... It seems like that to us because we already know the tricks. Well, we've done it. We've been there before. Yeah, we've so, done the tricks. We know yeah. the structure. We know... Like, when you, well, before you started comedy, right? I didn't know how to write a joke. You didn't know, know how to write a joke. Yeah. But you would watch a, a stand-up special... And, and laugh and laugh yeah. hilarious like just die laughing but now that you know the tricks you know the st- you know the 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 art form a little bit more you it's know, not a surprise anymore it's not a surprise anymore you yeah. like you sit in there you're, you're like oh that was a good one there was a setup there was a punchline there's a tag there's another tag there's another tag yeah, i don't laugh anymore <laughs> <laughs> i know it's, it's kind of it's because we know that we know the we seen the man behind the curtain you know what i'm saying well here's the thing i used to the, you just made a great uh point because when i used to watch comedy before i knew anything about it i would just laugh all the time i would think oh this is hilarious yeah but now that i know what they're doing i'm just like it's it's more i'm analyzing yeah we, than we, i am enjoying yeah and it sucks. And you can't turn it off. No, you can't. No, no, no. I, I was watching a comedy special the other night, and uh, all I was doing was just listening to the joke. It was like, okay, that's a good setup. Oh, I like that punchline. Oh, okay, this is where it's going to go. Like, I was just analyzing yeah. the whole thing. And, and it sucks because I went to go see Chris Porter like a couple months ago with a, with a friend of mine, and um, she was laughing her ass off. And I was like sitting there with like a smile, like, you look like a crazy dude. Crazy like, dude. And she's like, aren't you enjoying it? I'm like, oh, I'm fucking loving this. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> just with a smile. Like, it's because it's a true thing. It's hard to make a comic laugh. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, but the thing is, is, if you make a comic laugh, it feels like a little bit like a little extra. Like if you if you make an audience laugh. But then you, you you look to the side and you see one of the comics laughing too, and it's it's like a little bit of a it's like a having an extra cherry on your Sunday, you know? What I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it feels good sometimes. I just I I don't know. They keep they keep saying like you're not supposed to play to the back of the room. You're not. You're supposed to the people they the which just sucks because when in like the the empty open mics where you have like two or three audience members and the back of the room is just full of comics uh-huh you're you're trying to make those two or three people laugh 
and not the dudes in the back. So you just it sounds it sounds weird when you're just making trying to make two or three people laugh and get that like little bit of laughter. And then you feel like you bomb, but then you remember, oh, at least I made those three people laugh. Yeah, you keep you hold on to that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's this is how I am essentially. Like even if it's like three people or thirty people and whatever, three hundred, whatever, I still try my hardest to make them laugh. Like I like a small room. I like a room of like five or ten people because it's uh, it's more intimate, mm-hmm. and then I can actually just talk to them instead of feel like I'm performing and telling jokes and stuff yeah. like that. I can I'll still tell them jokes. But I'll do it in a different way. But that's that's what we're supposed to be doing is getting to the point where we can sit in front of a 30, well, 30,000. 30, 30,000. <laughs> arena. 30,000 arena and make it sound like we're having a casual conversation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, and then the weird thing is now what I do is I like to like give myself like a little bit of a challenge before I go on stage. Like, okay, I'm, I'm going to see, like if I see somebody in uh, like a Darwin's. If I see somebody and sitting in the front tables, and somebody has a drink in their hand and they're drinking, I'm going. I'm going to see if I can make them spit it out, or choke on it a little bit. In a different context, that would be very, very dirty. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and and I'll tell them too. Like, look, I'm just trying to make you spit out your drink. And, that's, and that's then, and, and that's the whole challenge of the night. It's like I'm, I'm gonna make that dude spill his drink. So you're having fun with it. Yeah, might as well. You make it a game. Yeah, might as well. You know. Yeah. I think I might start doing that. Just give myself little things like, okay, what can I do? I can make fun of that person. I can do something with that person. Like just. Yeah. Or if, or in the back, if you see some somebody, like the whole room's laughing except that one person. Yeah, but the, okay, you can't focus on that one. If the whole room is laughing, you shouldn't really focus no, on that no, one person. No, no, but what you do is you, you you make a note of that person, and then like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell this joke, and then I'm tell it to the room, but I'm gonna side eye that person. Yeah, but what if that person's a comic and you don't know? You know, like you never know. Oh, or they're a huge comedy fan and they've seen everything, so like. Your your stuff isn't gonna like wow them. Like you can't you can't really you can't it's focus. still a challenge, man. It's okay, I get that. I get that. It's I'm still just a saying. Challenge. I'm just saying. If like, they're a comic, they're a comic. You, you know. I'm just saying. If the whole room is laughing, you should be happy. Yeah, but you got to give yourself like a little bit of like a challenge. You know, it's like a little to bit push of extra, extra credit to push yourself. Yeah. Yeah, push yourself. You know, make yourself better. Yeah. Not like that. I, I'm honest, I'm probably gonna start doing that myself. Yeah. Just doing different things. I haven't been to Darwin's in a minute. The the reason is because like I always. Always, always bomb at Darwin's. So do I. I never have a good set there. So do I. Yeah, but it gets to you after a while. Bombing every freaking time. Like, if I had one good set and then bomb like 10 times after that, I would be happy. Mm -hmm. I would be okay with that. But every freaking time, it's like, what the fuck? For me, it was Jive. Oh, Jive. I love Jive. (laughs) Jive's great for me. I've done before... (laughs) Before that one night, I had done job like ten times, bombed every time. Bombed every time. But then after that one time, you started doing better, right? Yeah. You know why? Because it's all in your head. Yeah. And that's that's the thing for Darwin's. Like I can do well in every other room except there. I used to bomb at Rudd's all the time because when I first started comedy, the first open mic I ever went to was Rudd's, and I bombed, mm-hmm. and that was always in my head after that. And then until after they redid the stage. Then I went up, 
I did good. And then after that, I've been okay with it ever since. I can I can go up there. I'm comfortable on that stage now. I don't know what it is about Darwin's, but I cannot do it there. It's I don't know. It's, for me, I always like to go in there. Like uh, I always, I either do well or I do bad. But fucking, I always like. That's, I, that's, that's a, my Wednesday. Well, that's the reason right why there. I haven't been there in a while. Like I go to the other open mics, but that one, I'm just like I hate bombing. There. You have to, you have to conquer that room, man. <laughs> It's been four years. <laughs> you have to, you have to, you have to put, you have to put that room in your in your ledger, I man. Just, you I, have no, red, no, 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 you have red on your trust ledger. Trust me, trust me. It's going. Uh, that's that's one of the things that I want to do. It's, that's a fuck, fuck getting on uh, big shows. Fuck doing this. I want to kill a Darwin's once. That's uh, <laughs> once I do that, I'm done. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> no, for me, for me, it was a jive and 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 shit, man. Ugh. Because not only is it does it and for me it was like I'm I'm here at ten o'clock at night in the north part of town. I have to drive down to cross the city of Houston to Freeport after this. It's a long drive, <laughs> the long ass drive, and then I have to have that weight of that bomb on my fucking skin the whole time, that whole hour and a half. So, like, when you're driving home after you bomb, what's going through your mind? It's, it's like, anger, sadness. It's like, it's like a post-mortem kind of thing. It's like, what the hell went wrong? What the hell went wrong? Should, did it, is, was, it, was it because I did this joke or or what? <laughs> that post questions yeah. questionnaire. <laughs> what did I do? Could I change this joke? Could I edit that joke? Could I edit this tag? What what if I didn't do that joke and I did this one no, instead? Ah, like, yeah. like, oh, damn! Did 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 I not like make people like me fast enough? Did I did I not touch? Did I not approach the mic in the right no, way? No, no. It's because once they saw you, it was like, oh, he's got the beaner in him. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! It's another Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's only been like three. There's another Is he here one. to clean? <laughs> nah, I don't think people are looking at me. As, like, no, they're me. not. It's, I'm just kidding. But like, it's a, jive is a different type of environment. Not because like you could tell like from the the mics outside of the city or the loop versus inside of the loop. It's like they're very different types of crowds. I feel like inside the loop is more like uh, thoughtful, politically correct. Uh, concerned about the world and stuff like that. Outside the loop, it's like they don't give a fuck. They just they just want to laugh. I th- I think inside the loop is easier. You think so? Yeah. Inside the loop, people are more of uh, I'm going out and I'm gonna go have some fun, kind of thing. Outside the loop is we here at this bar. Because we had a rough day at work. Just fucking, yeah, just drinking, having, trying to get over this shit. Mm-hmm. And then these guys are coming in now, trying to tell me jokes. Yeah. I, I get that. Yeah, I so. mean, but no, here's the thing. I, the way I see it now, because Jive, when I first started, maybe for like a couple mics or whatever, I did bomb. But then after a while, I just got used to being in the environment. Because like, you can't do your jokes a regular way. Every You can't do your jokes the same way to every crowd. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to read the room and switch it up sometimes. So at Jive, I just, uh, that's where I learned how to be more conversational. 
because it's a smaller room. There's not a lot of people. So I just started asking questions. I'm like, what do you, what do you do? And like a little crowd working a little bit, but also asking them about the relationships and talking to get them to, to be part of the show too, to listen and stuff like that. Then after that, then I started doing jokes and then they started hitting because they were actually listening. Now that's the thing that I can't do. I can't crowd work. Yeah. You're just, you're jokes, all joke, joke, jokes. Yeah. It's, it's hard. Okay. This is, this is the hardest thing about comedy because you're at a point where we're at a point where nobody knows us. No, nobody knows. Nobody knows us. Nobody cares about us. Nobody listens to us. Like we have nothing right now. So our job is to be able to turn the crowd over to us, like get, change their opinion about us in an instant. And we have to try really, really hard every time we're on stage. So I understood that. I understand that. So that's why I, I crowd work because I, I'm like, if I can make a joke right then and there about either your relationship or what's going on in your life, you're going to like me because I made you, I made you laugh and I, I'm actually listening. I'm actually like hearing you out and learning about you. And that makes you want to listen to me because like, Oh, okay. This, this is a good dude. Yeah. But that's the thing is like, I think, I think I'm a little gun shy after to do crowd work after, you know, that one night that at boo dogs that some dude, Oh, we'll try to try to kick my ass. What happened? So uh, it is. It, it wasn't. It's not. Uh, to be fair, like there is no good guys in this story. Because everybody, everybody sucks in this story. Even you. Yeah, even me. Okay. All right. Because I'm. A, I was. So what happened is it, it was a. Uh, I think it was my first year in comedy, and I was at Boondocks. And uh, I was like. It was already late at night, and uh, a lot of people bumped me. And, you know, I was getting a little upset. You know, I was not having a good time. And then uh, this group of drunk people just show up, like really drunk, like pissed drunk. Like if I was a bartender, I wouldn't serve them drunk. Mm-hmm. And then one of the girls, it was a girl's birthday. And they, well, to start off, they started off wrong because they went up the wrong stairs. They showed up on the side of the stage instead of the, the back, like normally people people do. And then, well, throughout the whole time that they were there, they were just, just talking to the comics, just heckling and heckling and heckling. And then at one point in time, they took Bob Morrissey's book because Bob Morrissey was hosting. Damn. And they took his book, and then they want to give it back until they let the girl go on stage. And then Barbara Morrissey, like, we'll get you on stage. Just give me back my book. And then all of a sudden. And then it was my turn. And, uh, right after this little thing happened? And I think, like, two comics after. Okay. And then since the, it was late at night, they cut our sets down to three instead of five. So I was already, like. I just want to get out of this and get out. And, and then this chick was like fucking just talking to everybody. I was like, you know what? I'm going to see if I can put a stop to this. So I get up on stage and this chick starts talking to me. I'm like, all right, going to have to shut the fuck up, man. Immediately. Immediately. Oh, shit. Immediately. And then she, they were like, it's her birthday. And I was like, 
Yeah, it's her birthday, but she doesn't have to be a cunt about it. Damn. Everybody else is laughing. Is it the girls? The girls. Yeah, they're pissed. And their dude. Yeah. But they, I don't think the dude. <laughs> but he did, did he give a shit? Oh, he gave a shit. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> was that his girl? The birthday girl? I don't know. I think it was one of his her friends. Oh, shit. And then she shut out for like a minute. And then she started up again. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I fucked this material. And then I just looked at her. And I like, she just started making fun of her. Like, oh, you look like Honey Boo Boo. She, 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 was, she was big. She was big. <laughs> you look like Honey Boo Boo. They dragged her out of a river. God, you're so unfuckable, man. And that's coming from me. You know, you can take that to the bank. Oh, shit. What happened? And, and, and I was just like, Jesus Christ. And then. Just I don't remember what else I said, and then I got off, and then I was like, "I I'm gonna get my shit and just pay my bill and get the fuck out of here." So I'm getting my shit, and her dude starts walking next to me as I'm walking down the back stairs, and he's like, "Hey man, that wasn't cool. That wasn't cool. That's a human being back there. You shouldn't have said that, you know." And, and he's drunk at this time. He's still pissed drunk, and then I'm. I'm like ignoring them because I'm like, okay, cool, whatever, whatever. I'm ignoring them because I'm like, I'm not going to go to jail for this, for a drunk dude. I'm not. And I had a, I had a, my butterfly knife in my back pocket. It's just, it's just in case. And I'm like, I'm, I hope I don't have to stab this dude. And then he just got, as the more I ignored him, the more he pissed he got. To the point where he was like, oh, you think you're so bad, motherfucker, talking to a woman like that? What, what the motherfucker? Why don't you try and talk to me like that, you motherfucker? Talk to a real man. And he takes off. And then by this time, I'm already at the patio. I had one last beer, and I'm already paying my bill. And one more beer, and he just threw his shirt at me. He took off his shirt and threw it at me. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> okay. What the fuck am I supposed to do with this? And he just starts going off, and then and then he just, and then I I was gonna throw away my beer in the inside, and he, he got inside again because the bouncers got let him loose, but he got back in, mm-hmm. and he tries to take a swing at me, and he misses like under my chin, and that's when the bouncers got him, because I the whole time I'm just sitting there, I'm not saying a word, I'm not doing anything, I'm just letting like, letting him talk, yeah, let him do his shit, yeah. Because if I can if I can make him show that I'm not being the aggressor, maybe I won't get kicked out either. So that's what happened. Like, after that night, I'm like I'm very conscious about doing crowd work. And you got okay. So that's not crowd work. You just got pissed and yelled at a lady. Yeah, that's not crowd work. But it was a form of crowd work. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, you're trying to shut her down. I was trying to shut her down, but yeah. the point is, is the, the way you went about it was totally wrong. Though. Yeah, like I said, there was there are no real heroes on this story. There's no good yeah. guys. But also, like, that's kind of like that's kind of Patrice O'Neill like, in a way. Yeah, because like you're just talking, you're letting the elephant out in the room. Mm-hmm. You're just talking about it, and. <sighs> People people tell me something they have told me sometimes that they like when I do crowd work because I'm not mean. Well, I say mean things, but I like it, it I'm not mean when I do it. I'm like I'm playing around, I'm laughing yeah. with them and stuff like that. I think it's about how you do it more than what, what you're saying. 
Yeah, which is why I kind of I'm weird about uh, I don't sign up for roast battles. It's jokes. It's jokes, but yeah. I'm, I'm always afraid that I'll say like the one thing that. No, okay. If you're doing a roast battle uh, and people sign up for it, do whatever the fuck you want. Say, yeah. say the meanest fucking shit. Because uh, I can say some mean ass shit about some people. Say something mean about me. <laughs> do you like? Do you really want me to do it right now? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do a little mini. Oh, roast Jesus battle. Christ! You lost your virginity at 25, man. Yeah. All right. Why don't you just say that you are unfuckable for the whole time, man? <laughs> like, if I had time to prepare for the world's battle, I could probably come up with something worse. Oh yeah, but like that's funny though. Yeah, you should sign up. Sign up for the roast battle. Because look, ultimately, it's not you going. It's it's going back and forth or whatever. But it's actual yeah. jokes that you've written down. Yeah, and you could say some of the meanest fucking shit. And if people like that, then yeah. yeah. I I feel like with 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 you the character you're on stage the way you look, uh, the way you sound, you could pull it off like some really mean ass shit. You just say it all nonchalant. <laughs> oh, that would be hilarious. Oh man, it's, that's the thing though. Like when I the last time I did a roast battle, I, I had some, and I and I knew who I was going up against. Is I had like a whole page of a notebook just full of jokes. Who was it? It was a. Uh, it was a uh, what was his name? It's not Ben Daniel. It's short black guy. Not uh, Trey. Not Trey. Luis. No, it's Ben White. He he was a he was a joke joint guy. Ben Jackson. Ben Jackson. Uh huh. So I was supposed to go up against Ben Jackson, but he didn't show. What was what's some of the jokes you wrote for him? So one of the jokes I wrote it was, uh, "You're the only adult I know that has to get a booster sheet when he gets a fade." That's <laughs> funny. And then uh, the one that the one that killed was, uh, "You're so short and black that every time a chick fucks, she is called the three fifths compromise." Ah, uh, <laughs> shit! There you go. That was that was the one that that. But the thing is that when I did that roast battle, Ben didn't show up. So who'd you do it to? So there was another short black guy <laughs> <laughs> that stepped up. I was like, I was like, I was, just, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, you don't want to do this. <laughs> and you're like, no, man, I got you. I got but, you, man. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't know what he was in for. He didn't know. He, uh, he thought he was just gonna, you know, jump in. Yeah. They're like, "Oh yeah, this I guy's fat and has a beard and yeah. is goofy looking." Oh, I'm gonna uh, win this I shit. I got this shit. I got this shit. And he was just like, "Oh, I got you." <laughs> <laughs> so you won that one. Yeah, I won that round. Oh my god! But hands down. Yeah, he destroyed him. It, no, it got to the point where I think one of the judges was like. That's it. You're done. <laughs> he's he's already dead. <laughs> People just watching a murder in front of us. It's like, oh shit. It was like, dude, I was like, I was like, like outside, I was like, okay, cool, whatever. I was like, inside, I was like, dude, homie, you don't want to do this. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, but that's that's. The, I think you should do more roast battles then, if that's the stuff you're writing. That's that's very funny and clever. Yeah, but 
is is like I'm always afraid uh, that I'm afraid. always gonna go like over the over the top. Just do it. Hey, like look, here's the thing. Uh, you're still starting out. You're still writing roast jokes. You're still getting used to it. Go as far as you can go, and if the crowd doesn't like it, just take it a step back. You know, and that's it. Like I, I was watching a, a like a, one of the roast battles from New York. Oh, those are fucking. Those are dude, Those they, are brutal. They're so mean, and they find out shit about your family, about you, <laughs> and they're just like, <laughs> his sister had a meth addiction. And it's like, what the fuck? How did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> um, one of them, one of my favorites was Dina Hashem's joke about this dude and his mom. She's like, you Ben's. Let's uh, call him Ben. I don't remember the dude's name. Let's call him Ben's mom died in a motorcycle accident, so she died as Ben lives as a uh, as a featureless road act. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Or something like that. I was like, when I but saw that, that joke's funny, and it's also not talking shit about his mom more than it is him. Yeah, it was like, yeah. oh, I, I saw that. I was like, oh, that's 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 good right there. That's that, really good writing. Yeah, that's good writing. That yeah. I'm, I'm prepared. I bet you, like those people knew who they were going up against. Like, oh, two weeks oh they ago. go on their Facebook, their Instagram, their they Instagram, they find everything. It's like when people are gonna go on my Instagram and be like, oh, "Damn, this dude does nothing but comedy and pants." Yeah, these comics got like Nordwar level, like type of information. Yeah. You know who Nordwar is? Yeah, like, so, I'm dude. afraid to meet that dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For those who don't know, uh, on the internet, uh, just go on YouTube, look up Nordwar interviews. They got uh, he interviews musicians like Drake. Uh, Migos and all these rappers and stuff like that, but he finds out information that sometimes they don't even remember, like so long ago and stuff like that. Like he even brings out like old albums that they used to, like they they loved or something like that, and they're autographed. And he's like, he's such, a, he looks like a such a cool dude. Yeah, but, but I'm I'm afraid to beat that dude. Like I'm afraid to be he comes up and like and he says like some stupid shit. Like hey, how's it? How was it losing your virginity to a pregnant chick? I was like, what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that would be crazy if he did that for comics. Oh, that would be nice. yeah. just bring out that. So, uh, when you were eight years old, you were molested by your father. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about Father Johnson's cock. Is it big or is it not? <laughs> Whoa! How did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> that would be wild. But yeah. Just finds out all your trauma and shit. Yeah, man, that was that was fucked up, man. Have you have you done roast battle before? I've done roast battles. Like I've won one. The first one I the first round I ever did I won. And it was it was fun because like I was uh I was looking on Facebook for this guy and apparently he was like a feature or a headliner or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I I kind of felt like I had no chance whatsoever. So what I did was I just started writing jokes and stuff like that. And this uh, his name is Fred Madrigal. And he's like, he's in Texas. Mm-hmm. And he like tours a little bit and does other uh, shows in, all around Texas. And one of the jokes that I had that I think got me the win was like, uh, he's a big dude. He's a really big dude. And he has this uh, tattoo on his arm that says strength. Mm-hmm. So I was like, 
Fred Madrigal has a tattoo on his arm that says strength. And that's exactly what he needs every time he drives by Krispy Kreme. <laughs> yeah. Fucking murdered the room. The whole room was like, holy shit. Because <laughs> it's an easy joke. To be fair, it's it's an easy joke, but because of the setting, because he's a big dude, and because he actually he was showing off the tattoo too while while I said it, I was like, he has a tattoo that says strength. He was just showing everybody, and then when I said the Krispy Kreme, they fucking died. <laughs> yeah. And then the one of the judges was like, hey, I mean, most of your jokes weren't good, but you got the win because of the Krispy Kreme. Joke. <laughs> I was like, all right, fuck it, I got it. <laughs> oh man, that was yeah. Oh man. No, it's, it's, it's it, bros battles are fun because you you just you, you because you have that chance to like just let out that pettiness you just been building up for a whole while. I'm pretty sure you got a lot of that. Oh, I have a lot of it. <laughs> I have so much pettiness built up in me, but I don't let it out because I have to be like a decent human being. I mean, yeah, that's everybody though. I mean, I have a I have a I'm not gonna lie, I was jaded for a minute. I mean, I still am a little bit, but I was fucking petty. I was jaded. There's a lot of comics that I see that have been in the scene for too long. And I know that because there's this one comic in particular, like wherever I see him, every conversation is just a dig against me. Like he just talks shit about me. And I'm just like, why are you like this? It's because you have that in you. You're like, you're mad because you're in a certain position that you don't want to be here. You think you want to be in a better spot. Or you think th- better things should be happening for you right now, and they're not. So you just let that internalize. Yeah. It, it's, it's it's you always have to like take the time to like reflect on yourself and like a little bit. It's like, and that's not something a lot of people aren't doing. It's like they're not sitting there and reflecting. Like, I mean, yeah, I guess, but like, it, like I said, I'm doing therapy right now, right? And it's great because I'm actually understanding that uh, what it takes to be in a relationship with people, not just like dating or, or sexual, but like in an actual like friendship and stuff yeah, like that. Relationship with people doesn't just mean that. It just means how you interact, how you interact with people yeah. that know you and, and how you relate to them and how you relate to them. So relatability is a big thing, especially with comedy. Like I feel like I'm very relatable with people, but there's also a point where I also feel like I am uninteresting as hell. You know, I, I get to a point where I'm like, my jokes suck. I'm not funny. Nobody, nobody gets these jokes. Nobody I can't. I, can't, I like. I just get through these like little phases. The, the thing is, is that and there's a lot of things that that we find that apply to us also. We have to make relatable to other people. Like that that one time that uh, I went out with a chick and she met up with another dude at the bar. And asked me for a ride home. That actually has happened to me. But the point that I'm supposed to be doing with that is tell it in a way that other people can understand it and sympathize with it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think I know what you're saying. Yeah. But, like, it's it's hard for me to... I, I guess I am empathetic and I can't sympathize with people. But like I guess I am I'm too in my head. So I only think about like what what I'm thinking. I feel like that when I say something, people will automatically get it, even though that's not the case. They don't know the context behind everything that I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we say things to people where we understand it and we know the context and we know everything about it, so it's funny to us. But when you say it, you haven't portrayed that. Yeah. So they don't get it. Yeah. Normal people like for example, be- normal people won't know what a type five is. Yeah. 
It's it's comedy, yeah. It's a comedy thing. You know, yeah. but many people won't know what they're, you're talking about when you're talking about a set. A set, a feature, a or headliner. A feature, your headliner, yeah. an all opener. These, yeah, all these, like, buzzwords in comedy. Or, or tag, or it's... Setup, or yeah, setup. premise, yeah. Prem- they don't know these words. But whenever you and I are talking about, you know... Uh, well, I'll, I'll say this. If the person is a true fan of comedy, they would know. Just because they don't do it. I didn't know because I, I tend to disagree because I did not know what a feature or a headliner was until I started doing comedy. Even though I consumed hours of stand-up myself. Uh, even though I consumed hours of stand-up myself, uh-huh. I don't know what a, I didn't know what a headliner or a feature or a MC was or what a set was or do you know what do you know what the what the acronym is for for mc um no master of ceremonies oh yeah and i never knew that and that's the (laughs) today i did not know that but that's the thing is like that when you have something when you want to come up with something you want to see on stage you have to dumb it down well, that's that's okay. So uh, that's a perfect example. Like um, Jamie and I talked about this uh, the last episode. So you you can say the the thing that you want to say the way you want to say it, but yeah, you have to dumb it down. It's still mm-hmm. a smart idea. It's still a good premise. It's still very like you know original, but you have to say it in a way where everybody can understand. Yeah, it. and that's the hard thing. That's the very difficult thing because once you have a fan base and they know you, they love you. You could just say what the fuck you want yeah. to say, and they'll love it. Yeah, like for example, I have a joke where mm-hmm. I, I mentioned Rorschach tests, and I found that if I do that joke in the interlude, people are going to get it because they know what a Rorschach test yeah. is. Yeah, but if I go out in the other outer loop, I can't say Rorschach test, and no, no, no one on the outer loop knows what the fuck. Why? Why is he talking about that character from Watchmen? Yeah. <laughs> so I have to say one of those ink blot tests you get at the psychiatrist's office. You say it a different way. Yeah. yeah, and they know that they know, they know that. Does. Well, but also you don't. If it works outside of the loop, I'm pretty sure it'll work inside the loop too. If you just say ink blot instead of Rorschach, yeah. Because but then it's, it makes it's it, extra words though. <coughs> I think it's easy. Oh, Rorschach ink blot. It's the same syllables. Well, the whole ink blot te- ink blot test you get at the psychiatrist's office. It's the same thing with Rorschach. You just change it. You're making Rorschach it universal. test. Three syllables versus. But just get rid of the office stuff. Just say inkblot test. I'm pretty sure everybody knows what an yeah. inkblot test is. So you can just it, you just yeah. replace that. That's it. Yeah. I feel like we're just talking comedy now. But we're going to get bored of it. <laughs> <laughs> like we're really getting deep into it. Because I love comedy. I love stand up. Like this is the first time in a minute where we actually talk about jokes and yeah. stuff because it's a comedy podcast, but we, it's mostly about the guests. It's not yeah. really about stand up. What's what's your favorite part about writing a joke? <sighs> Thinking of the subject, because for me, I like I like the subject more than because I like thing because for me, like in my own head, like I think fart jokes are funny. For, or talking about farts, fart jokes are hilarious. Or talking about farts is like hilarious. No, okay, so I'm the type of guy that I, I I can either like really really smart original comedy or I can like the dumbest shit. Yeah, there's like no in between with me. It's either really smart or really dumb. Yeah. but I laugh either way. For me, it's a uh, thinking about the subject because if because 
the subjects there is like very easy to make a joke about very easy but then there's subjects there are like you gotta do a bit of work on you know yeah like if, and like the one thing that I still haven't found that I'm taking it as a challenge is talking about my heart attack telling my heart attack story on stage the problem is is that I, I haven't been able to make it hilarious but to be honest go back and listen to this podcast and just say it the way you said it on here and it's funny yeah because you're talking to me like like a regular like your friend you yeah. know and you're saying it like how you want to say it instead of like being like oh are these people going to get it if i say it this no way, because when i'm when way? i'm trying to say it on stage it's like i'm saying okay uh set up punchline set up punchline set up punchline that's the thing you're telling, <coughs> you're telling a story not a joke yeah Stories well, I'm trying different. to tell the story in joke form. Well, tell the story the way you, yeah, the way it happened, and then afterwards you can add in jokes. Yeah, that's 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 the part. Of, that's how I did the uh, the orgy story. Is I told the orgy story. Well, t- t- what? Okay, tell tell it here. Like what happened? Like what? You you were in an orgy. I went to an orgy. You went to an orgy. Yeah. So, so what happened was. Um, I think it was like the, my first year living by myself here in Houston. Uh, I was still in school, and this was like 2010. So, uh, I was like, I was born one night, and I was like, I didn't know what to do. I was like, well, then just go on Craigslist. And at first, I was just looking for like a party or like an event. But then I was like, the Craigslist is pretty sketchy. I wonder if I can like find something even better. And so I typed in orgy. <laughs> <laughs> like, even better. <laughs> so I typed in orgy and then and, and, and it just popped up. And it was like. Like a hundred. Like a hundred fucking. <laughs> like this. Like I said, which, which orgy should I choose? Hmm. Well, the thing is, is that. If you know Craigslist, Craigslist puts the newest on top and then the older ones on yeah. the bottom. So this basically, this orgy has been going on for like a good couple months because there was like a hundred posts for it. It was like the next one's going to be on this date and then this date. This date this it's time. a popular thing. Yeah. <laughs> so he, I clicked on it and it's like, oh, yeah, we have an orgy at the uh at a residence because they didn't tell you where it was but they's like we have an orgy you know it's limited to this many people if you want to attend you know send an email to this email and you want to inquire and just send an email like all right cool so it's like at that point in time it's like in my brain was like do you really want to do this is like is this like your next step in life and then my you're like, the orgy guy to be the orgy guy <laughs> be that dude it's like and then I, and and then I was like look I'm already going to be that old guy that get that is, becomes the reason why strippers have to work on christmas all right <laughs> we're just taking the next logical step in that path <laughs> just skipping some steps yeah <laughs> so so I send the emails like his, uh, look, I'm a first timer. How do what do I do? Like, what do I have to do? And they're like, all right, cool. So you, well, basically, this is how it works. You can send me a picture of yourself, 
you gonna send me? Are you bringing somebody? Or are you coming by yourself? And then you gonna PayPal me fifty bucks as an admission fee? And that's how they got around like laws against prostitution and everything. They call it an admission fee. You're just paying to be there. You're not paying to have sex. So I was like, okay, cool. So I sent him an email, sent him a picture. I was like a hundred pounds lighter at the time. So I had a gut. I was about a little bit like around your size, but six foot tall. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think it was like a 250 pounds. This is around what I am. Yeah. Yeah. So I send him a picture and send him everything. And then he comes back and he says, all right, here's the address. Yeah. And don't use the real name. If you want to use a fake name when you show up. What's, what's your orgy stage name? So I don't remember what it was at that time because it was like almost 10 years ago. Uh-huh. But on stage, I said it was a little bean. Little bean. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, I was like, oh, shit, like. I'm going to show, and I looked at the address, and I looked at, and, and it's a was pretty white neighborhood. Like, very white. Like, what area? Bel Air. Bel Air? Okay. Yeah. So, I was like, fuck. If I should show up, then they're probably going to kick me out. So, I was like... I go, I go, went to H-E-B, and I got some potato salad. Okay, what was you thinking? Like, why why potato salad? Because, for one, I wanted it to look like I'm just attending, like, a party. Okay. And not attending an orgy. <laughs> if I'm standing... If, because if they don't answer the door right away, I'm going to be outside that place for a while. And I don't want the neighbors to think... I'm standing with potatoes there, like... Okay, I guess I don't look weird. <laughs> yeah, you look like you're attending a party. You're not, you're not, you're not going to go into the fuck up a group of people. So to do that, you bring potatoes. So I brought potato salad, you know, and, and, and I was wearing like decent clothes, like an actual, actual clothes, like a button up shirt and like pants and shit. Uh-huh. And then I, I show up and then and I knock on the door and then these like really white old couple answer the door. It's like, oh shit. Were they hot? For a couple of their age, yeah, they were they were margin. They were pretty good looking. Around what age were they? I think at the time they were like fifty years old. Okay, so what you're how old? At this I'm time? like twenty three, twenty something years old. That's a huge age gap. Yeah. Wow. So what were you thinking when you saw these people? I thought they were like, oh, okay, cool. There's always like, there's, uh, probably that's their orgy etiquette. There's always gonna be like an old couple in an orgy. You know, because they have to have it at some place, and they're probably the homeowners, and their kids are off to college, so they have like an empty nest. So it all made sense to you. Yeah, it made sense. It's like okay, cool. What I did not know was that this was like this was going to be a lot of old people. Like everybody was like forty, fifty years old at this thing. Wow. Yeah. So then what happened? You walk in with the potato salad? Yeah, I walk in with the potato salad. And they answer the door like, hey, I got potato salad. They're like, okay, come in. And then the the place was all like, there were like air mattresses all over the place. There was like blankets. You know, I think that I saw a tarp at one point. point. There was like 
Uh, on the floor? Yeah. <laughs> like that tarp that you, like that plastic shit that you posted. Yeah. It was on the floor and some like. Like, I mean, that's smart. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of cum. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> like, to me, it's like, a, like all seem weird. It's like. Because when you look at porn in the orgy, like orgy porn, there's, there's nothing. no tarp. There's no tarp. There's, <laughs> there's nothing. There's no mattresses. There's nothing. There's just a whole bunch of well, couches. They CGI the tarp out. Yeah. They, <laughs> they, they're like, oh, yeah, we can't have this bright blue thing right here. We've got to cut that out. There's nothing. There's just a whole bunch Photoshop of couches. It. There's a whole bunch of couches, and there's just a whole bunch of people fucking, you know? Yeah. Uh, what was what was the smell like? Oh, well, I, in the beginning, it was just about like a house. Okay, but then after like what, an hour or two, like well, what happens is like I'm sit I'm sitting there on the couch, I'm all dressed up, and then these old couple was in like in bathrobes, and then everybody else starts showing up, and they're in like shorts and t-shirts and stuff you can take off easily, and or bathrobes. What are on. you wearing? I'm wearing pants, button-up shirt. <laughs> and potato salad right next to me. And the potato salad right next to me. <laughs> okay, people start showing I mean, up. People start showing up, and like a, the whole bunch of like really old people start showing up. And I'm like sitting there going, Holy shit. <laughs> what the fuck did I get myself into, man? So basically, like, uh, they just, you know. They just, you know, start having conversations, you know, they, they, they walk around, you know, they talk to each other, you know, and then all of a sudden, like, all of a sudden, like, as soon as, like, it's like almost like a, like a snap happened or something like that. And then all of a sudden, everybody just started getting naked and just starting making out with each other or, you know, touching each other and all that shit. And I'm sitting there going, wow, shit, what the fuck? And so I'm I'm like, I didn't want to be like the clothes guy. So I got, took off all my shit. Uh-huh. And it took me a while because I'm fully dressed and these people were like in shorts and shit. <laughs> just like standing up. One button, two button, three yeah. button. <laughs> so, yeah. And so, and then... All of a sudden, it's like you see these old people, and like I thought these old people were just gonna go at them, and now they had conversations about like, hey, hey, I, I want to do this to you. Is is this okay? And they were like, yeah, go ahead. They were asking for consent. Yeah, they were asking for each other for consent shit, and then and then and then the dude, one dude, is like, he, and then some girls like, hey, I want to like, you know. Touch your nutsack or some shit like that, and then he like, okay, cool, just stay away from my butt. And she was looking. And she, she was like, like I, I want to pull your nutsack. And she was like, yeah. What the fuck? She was like, I just, just want to grab your nutsack and just go like that, and like a milk in the cow. Like you're milking a cow. Just milk that cow, baby. <laughs> I don't know. It was like uh, it was this chick's thing, and this dude was willing to give her to her. I don't know what the fuck. He gave her a gift. He, and then he, all he said is like, stay away from my buddy. She was like, oh, that's your thing? He's like, no, nah, I have hemorrhoids. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? It's so real. <laughs> so I'm like sitting there going, oh, 
fuck man and and the thing is like i'm i'm more amazed and looking at this shit because these are 40 50 year old yeah I'm like you're, sure. not, you're not even wanting to be a part of it you're just like what the fuck is going on i'm just on? sitting there looking at this like jane goodall studying apes it's like oh my god and it's like and the female goes to the male and asks to tug his nuts. <laughs> <laughs> it's just shit like that it's, it's like and then you see like and then you're like start getting concerned a little bit because this and this old dude's like bending this um, 40 year old lady like in a ba- way like you, you don't even want to bend like your 20 year old girlfriend but she's bending this he's bending this chick like and, and like oh fuck don't do that man don't do that. oh well go for it fuck it <laughs> like you was gonna break her hip or something I was like I was like <laughs> I, when you're 20 years old and you see like 40 50 year olds are like oh you think they're gonna they're like fragile but no yeah. these go oh these women are strong they, they, they were going for it man yeah and at the at that point, I was like too weirded out, so I didn't even participate. I was just no, dog. Agatha. She does yoga every week. Who Agatha? Who's she, Agatha? She's been the one of the girls. I'm just saying uh, the name. Oh yeah. <laughs> just like, what are you talking? Doors over here does yeah. Pilates. And... <laughs> yeah. Show him, honey. Put your leg behind your head. Yeah. Oh yeah, look at that right there. You don't even have to be get between her thighs to get her out. She just she's pop your face right there. So like you're are you sitting on the couch naked? Watching I'm just this? I'm just naked. I don't, I don't even have a boner. I'm just in there. I'm just the flaccid. Just flaccid and just watching this shit go on go down. Uh huh. And then it, it's it's the smells like um. It's like you ever sweated a lot and had like that residual sweat smell on your shirt. Yeah. Mixed that with like pussy smell. And that's what it smelled like. It was just sweat and pussy. That's it. Sweat and pussy. Yeah. I mean, like, whenever I sweat, whenever you sweat, sometimes I like I I put my fingers down the side of my thigh mm-hmm. and just smell because like that that no no, no 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 like, not this that is like short smell like you, oh shit like you've been running all day and yeah you can smell it on you yeah <sighs> that's crazy <laughs> so. So then, what happened? What was happening? Like, no, then I just sat there and watched, and you didn't do it. You didn't participate. I didn't participate. And like I had people come up to me and like say, hey, "What's going on?" And like, "Sorry, ma'am, it's my first time. I'm just taking it all in." <laughs> and they were like, "Oh, okay, honey, thank you." I'm sorry, this never happens. <laughs> and then they're like, "Oh, sure, honey, don't worry about it." And, Mm, having an old lady call you honey and orgy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, all right, cool. Thank you. So, but it was like weird because you like, like that's when I learned that people like in fetish communities have more conversation than people in like regular non-fetish relationships. They communicate more. Yeah, they communicate more. They have a lot more communication. Like, they talk about everything. When, like, I was talking to a friend of mine that uh, does a lot of dominatrix shit. And this was back in, like, 2013. I met this chick that was a dominatrix that did dominatrix shit. And she was, she was like, before any session, I have, like, a 30-minute conversation with the with the client about what they want, what they what like, they don't, what they, what, what they, what they don't, don't like. like, what they yeah. don't like, and what I like, what I don't like, what my nose are, what yeah. my yeses are. 
the safe word. What the safe word would be. Yeah. What what's a no go? What's a no go? Like she like I like I meant What was her no go? Uh rape. <laughs> I think that's everybody's no go. No, well, <laughs> well there's rape fantasies. Rape yeah. fantasies yeah. no no uh no play incest. Uh incest? Okay. Yeah, I get uh, that. What well, are you doing, step bro? Yeah, I didn't, no, none of that. And like, she was a friend. I wasn't her client. She was a, yeah. like a friend of mine that I knew that did this shit. And she, like, but, but she said, like, there will be, like, 30 minutes to an hour conversations of, like, just talking about, like, what they done, what they're expecting out of it, what they don't want out of it, what what is what they want. That would kind of take me out of it. Sometimes you have to do that kind of thing. You right? have to, yeah, yeah. You have to. No, what I'm saying is the actual conversation and ex- telling them what I like and what I don't like kind of like takes the fun out of it, you know? Well, it makes it seem more like a job. No, but the thing is, is that, and this is what I found with one of my ex girlfriends too, is like, she, she, uh, one of my ex girlfriends likes deep penetration. But I was unable to do that. I was like, okay, baby, I can't do that because I'm not, I'm not that hung. I'm willing to say I'm not, I'm, I'm not rocking. I'm not packing heat. And she was like, okay, cool. So how about this? And then we talked about it. And I'm like, all right, how about if I take a little more time, time downstairs on you to, you know, get at least get you like a good amount of warmed up and everything. How about that? And then we talked about it. We tried it out. We talked about it again. And it became like a good thing because then that way, you know, you're, you're building up a rapport. You're building up a trust with your partner rather than just, I'm going to stick it in. And if you liked it, you liked it. If you didn't, you're well, then that's your fucking problem. Well, I mean, like that's, that's the hardest thing about like, uh, cause you're in a relationship and you're actually talking about what's going on. Yeah. And, uh, Take it from the standpoint of me when I just I just one night stand sometimes. That that's the problem with one night stands, but it's like if you're one night standing it, it's I would appreciate somebody if I if I'm meeting somebody at a bar, we're just having a conversation, then it ends up going back to my place, right? I would appreciate at least like, hey, uh I like this or I don't like that. it would yeah. be nice, but also during if you could just tell me like, oh that feels good or that doesn't, yeah, that helps too. It, it does help, man. It's, but the thing is, in, when you're one night staying, well, the one thing I tell people is like, because I'm uncircumcised, is like, don't try to force out the head. Just let it do it on its own naturally. Because if you force that out, it'll hurt. You know, you force the foreskin. Yeah. So that's one thing I always tell is like, don't don't do that. And, and if you're gonna go down on me, don't don't use teeth. That's crazy <laughs> how some girls like don't know about guys that are uncircumcised. I know it's because this standard is like. Circumcised, but it wasn't back in the day. I mean, back in the day, only the Jews circumcised. Yeah, but now people are like, "Oh, it's cleaner." No, it's not. It's... No, they did that because of the diseases and everything that was going on. Yeah, and it was easier to clean back in the day. Nowadays, you don't need to. Yeah, you don't need to be circumcised. No, that's what I'm saying. People think it's cleaner now. People think, yeah, well, that's the practice. Yeah, and like so, it's, uh, it's it's crazy. Like I just, I mean, I'm uncircumcised and. I deal with it all the time. Like it's not, it's not a problem. All I do is just pull it back and clean it. That's, yeah, that's all I do. Yeah, but no, it's, but then, that's the thing is like people don't 
don't realize is like people are like I heard friends of mine talk about you know their dudes and like like yo he has trash dick it was like did you talk about about him or about his trash dick did you talk about things he could do does he know does, does he, he know that he had trash dick because <laughs> like, I because I, I, I I've been told that I've been told that hey you got trash dick but you know if you did this else. Okay, what what they say? Yeah, like they told like, you you had trash dick. So then, what did they say? Yeah, they were like, "You have trash dick." I'm like, "Okay, cool. Do you mind if we, you know, try something to, you know, help alleviate the trash dick or no? Or because <laughs> there's I only give, there's can only... I give you a remedy for this yeah, trash dick? Because look, my dick is. If you think my dick is trash right now, because all I have to do is like, oh, when you're actually fucking, there's only like in and out, in and out, and then you can like play with angles a little bit, but that's about it. Like, if you think my dick is trash, then right now, it's going to be trash. But you, it's not trash to you, right? It's not trash to me, but to me, my dick is awesome. Yeah. This is my dick, but. Because you know it. Because I know it. It's so been I, with me for a while. I, I think the biggest problem is like knowing her, knowing what she likes. And if she's not able to communicate that, yeah. then you can't really blame the guy on that. Yeah. If you, if you, did you talk to him about, you know, hey, you know, maybe try a little bit more foreplay before before we go start fucking or, yeah. you know, try this or try that, you know, try, you know. Doing some other thing, but nobody wants to try that because they think because our ego makes it think that we're the best at it all the time, but we're not. not we're not no. always gonna be. You need some, like you said, foreplay is very important. Yeah, like those. The last chick that I had sex with uh, met at a bar, came back to my place, and it was immediate. Like like she got on the bed and it was like, let's go, and I was like, I wasn't even ready. I was just like, what the, I was trying to figure out like what was going on. I thought we were going to do some foreplay, but no, she just wanted to go. Yeah. And I, I had to be like, I had to force myself to get hard immediately. It was like, okay, fuck it. I'm not ready, but like it was sometimes it's like that. And it's yeah. like, oh, it's, especially after you've been drinking. Oh yeah. That, that we were drinking. Yeah. After you've been drinking and you're trying to get that, that stiffy in less than a minute. Oh, oh my God. It's and try when you're th- over 30 and you're trying to do that shit, man. Yeah, and when you're over thirty, oh, and you're trying to get a dick up in less than a minute after you've been drinking, ooh, you might as well be part in the Red Sea, man. God, man, it's just yeah, this is that's just life, man. We get older. Yeah, I'm thirty six, fool. Thirty six, damn. I'm gonna be thirty seven this year. But you started comedy at thirty two. Well, you started officially going out and doing yeah. stuff at thirty two, then. Yeah. Are you happy? Like, do you like doing comedy? Yeah. And for me, the thing about comedy is about improving and getting that social aspect out of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's like, if I if I be make it, I make it. If I don't, then awesome, you know. But you're still getting what you need, which is the interactions with people. Yeah, interactions with people, making people laugh, again. Every once in a while, I get a little bit of extra money on the side, but you know, it, it's it's a change from what where I was to where I am now. And you feel like that's it's good. It's yeah, it's now? a good thing because the thing is that, like I was telling earlier, you can be you can be a oh what was that word that one chick told me misanthropic. 
Yeah. Which is like you hate everybody er, equally. You hate people. I used to be like that, though. You hate people? Yeah. It can be as methanthropic as you, as you want, but eventually you still need that little bit of that social interaction to get through life or your brain is going to start getting all fucked up. Like we said, you say hi to the mailman. It's like, oh, that's it for me today. Yeah. yeah. Start off small. Say hi to the mailman. Say, you know, go at work instead of, you know, because at work the social interactions are different because you're, you're, somebody's telling you, you have like, I work in IT. Somebody calls me to have a problem. I don't consider that social interaction. I just consider that work. Yeah. But so, technically, it is a social interaction. This is, it's still a social interaction. It's just a different context. Yeah. yeah. But if I go out and, you know, have a conversation with, like, an accounting, the accounting department at the break room and say, what's up, how you been? That's social interaction, you know, getting that little. It's like, I, I like, look, I, I'm better at it now, but there are still those points uh, on certain days where I'm just like, I don't want to talk to anybody. And then when you don't do that. People are like, oh, what's wrong with him? Oh, he's an asshole. He doesn't want to talk yeah, to people. Yeah, even I have that problem, too, because, uh, like, when I'm at Darwin's and nobody's there, I'm just sitting there with earphones on and my phone watching videos or on my knee, I'm on the D, uh, my Switch playing the game, and I have to force myself to say, put that shit up. There's people here. Go talk to them. You got a network. <laughs> Not even network. Like, go talk to them. Say what's up. Say what's going on. That's you know? well, that's basically what networking is. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's like for comedy or for work or for this no, or that. But you that's, have to, you have, to essence, go have conversations with another human being. Don't just sit there with your PlayStation or yeah, or your phones with your headphones on and not ignoring the world and waiting for your time to come up. Well, that's that's what, that's what a lot of people do. Yeah, that's what I used to do a lot. No, it's you go have conversations, you know, maybe one of them will, you know, help you bump up a joke that you have. Or maybe one of them will tell you about a, a, a mic that's going on that you didn't know about or help you get um, booked on the show. You don't know. Yeah. Or till you talk to somebody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I've had like a whole bunch of conversations with different people and for the most part, they've been good, good conversations. Yeah. I had a lot of conversations with a lot of people. Some of them were good, some of them were bad, but and you still have to have them. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait. Well, the bad ones are fun too because then you can talk about them afterwards. Yeah. Like that one time, I got really upset because um, one of our friends, one of our mutual mutual comics, told me that uh, two dudes came up to her and told her that I had rapey vibes. <laughs> Oh, like is that, is, that, is that another show other than Katie vibes? That I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Rapey vibes. Our drinks are our dreams. Drinks are roofy. <laughs> Headliner: Bill Cosby tonight. Bill Cosby <laughs> featuring Louis C.K. <laughs> ah! <laughs> We're kidding, Louis. We love you. Uh, I love Louis. I, I hate that you got canceled. I hate, I hate that shit. Too. I hate that shit that happened, but. I love this comedy so much, but no, yeah. but yeah, they told this chick that I had a rapey vibes and all like, and I got so upset about it, but then I was like, like, think about it, dude. These two dudes felt threatened by you so Come, much so that they had to tell this one other person that they had to tell this chick yeah. that you had rapey vibes. 
like they went out of their way to go tell a chick that's hanging out with a fat bearded dude that he has rapey vibes. So what was it? Was it what you were wearing? Was it no, the, your no, beard? I don't what know do you think what it was? It is. The thing is, or they just didn't like you. Probably they just didn't like me, or they, they were trying like to say hanging out with this one chick. Yeah, you know, it's fucking haters, dude. Like, oh, the fat guy's hanging out with the chick. Oh, we can't. Have I can't that. have that. Can't have mm. them intermingling. No, we can't. I mean, <laughs> can't have them talking to a female. He might breed. Oh no, we don't want any more of even, that. Even though this chick is like a good, uh, well, uh, was a good friend of mine. Yeah, she hasn't talked to me in a while. Mm-hmm. But she was a good friend of mine at the time. I wasn't even interested in her. They still felt like they had to come and like try to shut it down. I mean that that happens. People are like no, that. You don't, you don't gotta cock block the fat guy. The fat guy we can cock block himself. We can cock block ourselves. It's called being fat. You know. We're already starting off with the and the negatives. You know. Well, let me ruin it myself. Yeah. God damn it! Yeah, man, I don't she, need you. Eventually, she'll grow and she'll pull away from our gravitational pull. I know. Yeah, she'll escape eventually. It's it's especially if you're in the comedy scene. It's kind of it's kind of like you got to mind yourself a little bit extra. You know what I'm saying? I've been yeah, I've been doing that more lately because yeah. it's, it's hard. Like when I first started, like I didn't, I didn't think of this as like a job. I didn't think of it as like a career. I was just talking to people, having a good time, and uh, trying to talk to women and stuff like that. But the longer I'm in it, the more and more I do it, the more I realize I shouldn't be talking to the women at these bars. No, it's it's not that like you gotta like mind yourself a little bit more extra. Like you gotta no, it's like these aren't the women that I want to be with. No, it's not. But you, that's why you gotta take care of yourself a little bit extra more. It's like you gotta you gotta you know think of this like as a as a way that yeah you, you meet somebody at the bar, but then. What ends up happening is you don't know who that person is. You know, you don't know that person is like a booker or is really good friends with like the manager at the improv or or at the bar that you're at or, or at the bar I'm at. Yeah, you know, you like, never know who they are. Yeah, so it's better just to be friendly, be, be nice, friendly, but not really like take yeah. it any further. Yeah, and yeah. I, I that's what I've learned for the most part. Yeah, because yeah, you, you hear like so many horror stories of like comics that fucked up their careers because. They, the fucking Ron White. Ron, Ron White. Ron White, like, he was dating or banging a waitress or whatever. She became a manager. They broke up. Yeah. And he w- couldn't get booked wherever he was. And he moved to Mexico. <laughs> he moved to Mexico and, and was working at a factory for a no, while. No, he bought, he bought, a, he fa- bought a, factory. a pottery. He bought a pottery factory. Yeah, he was making pottery and stuff like that. It was like, it's a crazy story. And he, uh, when Jeff Fox really brought him back, he got so lucky. Yeah. Because that could have been it. Yeah, could have just been in Mexico, like getting high and drunk all the time. Yeah, but that's that's how the thing is. Is like we we don't know who these people are, or like how or how people in, even like, well even even if they're nobodies now, even the newer comics and stuff like that, you don't know later on what's going to happen. Maybe they're going to move up. Maybe yeah. they're going to be in certain places. It's or like, you, yeah. Or you don't know how crazy they are. That too. You don't know what the fuck they're going to do. Yeah. I, I I dealt with the fucking craziest comic recently, and I'm just like. 
I didn't understand why you gotta be like that sometimes. But no. like you don't know who who's what kind of people are coming to these mics because, like I said, we're all comedy attracts the strangest people. Yeah, like I think there's I think there's been a rash of comics like pulling guns out on people. Yeah, there's one guy. Yeah, you know, like just pulling guns out. Like what the fuck, dude? He's done it multiple times too. Yeah, is like. You don't know who you're going to be dealing with at these places. Like, so you, you got to mind your P's and Q's a little bit and not, and be like, oh, like be the way I, the way I've, the saying that I've heard from TikTok and I hate it is uh, be soft, but be ready. Like you were at the orgy. <laughs> 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 All right, I think that's a good place to stop. That was really, right. really good. Uh, do you want to give your Instagram? My Instagram is uh, panda underscore bear underscore comedy. Uh, uh, Facebook, uh, I don't add people unless I've actually met them before, so... But usually people find me. A lot of Russian Russian women really want to meet me on Facebook. <laughs> they want you to marry them and give them papers? No, nah, they just want me to know that they're in my area for some weird reason. <laughs> hey, also the Mills, too. Mills, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, but mostly uh, my fan base is uh, on Instagram. So okay, they can add me on Instagram and uh, go on, check it out. It's mostly comedy and gardening. It's <laughs> <laughs> a new thing. Now. Uh, you doing any shows? Uh, no, my up? calendar is open right now. Looking for shows. All right. Yeah. So sounds good. Uh, you know where to catch me at the Jocosity T H E J O E C O S I T Y. That's on Instagram. That's on Twitter. Facebook. Joe Navarro. Uh, I have a show coming up next week. It's uh, I have two shows. I have the yard work show, and then I have Thursday night laughs at the Secret Group, eight p.m. Both shows. Uh, if you want more information, you can just check my Instagram and my Facebook. Uh, I also have next month, Chill Bra, my monthly show. Chill Bra is coming back. We got some really good comics. It's going to be May fourteenth at eight p.m. at PJ Sports Bar. It's a really good room. It's small. It's intimate. It's great for comedy. We had a great time last show, so this one's going to be even better. You can get your tickets now on Eventbrite, and uh, you can also look them up on my Instagram. So, uh, Eber, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. I had a great time. You have an interesting life. Oh, yeah, man. We didn't even tell that one story. Which story? The one about the motorcycle. Oh, yeah. We can tell that. We can, we can do it next time. Yeah, man. It, it's like you don't want to give everything right yeah, now. Yeah, man. Save something for yourself. Yeah, so that we, yeah. But no, that was... That was fun. I appreciate it. All right, man. Yeah, I'll see you next time. It's been a minute. All right, right.